Hey guys, welcome to the Rosenswag podcast. My name is Joseph Rosenswag, and we got Tom Alfano back. This is supposed to go out on Valentine's Day, but I have overextended myself. God, I'm exhausted. Right now I'm running on about two and a half hours sleep. I've been up since about 4.30 in the morning, and I'm dead. This is supposed to go out on Valentine's Day because we're talking romance movies today. That's right, we're doing Love Actually, uh, a Phantom Thread and Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and kind of talking about as good as it gets. I said to Tom, I'm going to watch this movie, and by golly, I've tried, but oh God, I have, uh, I am exhausted. I'm going to finish that movie. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good movie. And, uh, out of all the ones I've seen, it might be as good as it gets. That said, Phantom Thread is awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm doing a lot of things, comedy related stuff, whatchamacallit's, and, uh, God, I, I, I'm going to hit the hay as soon as this, as soon as this goes out. You guys don't need to know that, but hey, I'm telling you. Anyway, uh, yeah, Tom and I are going to go talk some movies. Stick around for a listen. Let's do it. Okay, so this is the, uh, this is the Valentine's Day episode, and, uh, we watched, we watched a few movies for this. Yes. So we saw The Phantom Thread. Oh. Amazing. It's the quietest Paul Thomas Anderson film I've ever seen. One of the quietest films I've seen. It's a very English movie. Yeah. And I think I saw him like do interviews about it and he said he wanted to make a very English movie. It's and he, very he much it. yeah. Yeah, and it is it's weird. I I personally didn't like the movie that much. Personal oh. no, <laughs> like for me, I don't think it's a great movie. As a movie, though, it is amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, Every part about it is amazing. Like, artistically speaking, it's like, I can watch that and appreciate it on so many levels. Beside, but, like, just watching it, like, going like, I really want to see a cool movie. <laughs> this guy made Boogie Nights. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's no Boogie Nights. Yeah. I, I love this I, movie. It's so one that... Um, any, anyone who is interested in film, writing, character development. I'm I'm so convinced that Alma like I it's part of uh, my the bit I was just telling you about. I'm talking about like how I make poor decisions. I got a film degree. Like I can tell about these like references and movies. I'm convinced that Alma uh, her name is based off of uh, the Tom Leher song from uh, the 1960s. Is this famous satirist and he had this song, uh, Alma, tell us, all modern women are jealous. And the thing is, is about this woman who ends up with, like, all these uh, rich, great men. And it's just like, she ends up in that I think situation. That, that's but- definitely a reference because the entire movie is very high society English. Mm-hmm. And she is the one red herring in yeah. that. Where you don't even know where she's from. It, it might be Eastern European, Swedish. Italian. It's just a vague yeah, accent extremely that you can't vague. quite place. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's a scene where... Um, there's a scene where uh, he drives up to pick her up for dinner. Yeah. Uh, uh, Reynolds Woodcock is uh, picking up Alma... And he drives his car around and right up to her, and she goes to open the door for herself, 
because she's a modern woman. Yeah. And, you know, you know, she's used to the modern, you know, just doing things herself. But yeah, he she's, gets out of the car and comes around, you know, gives her a hug and a kiss and, then, you know, gets the door for her. Also, and then badass car. Yes, amazing. I think it was I, a Jaguar, right? Something? I think so. It it, yeah. it was fucking beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I the uh, garage scene where he's uh, leaving the fashion show and you see the car is just like, <laughs> yeah. And th- there's a scene where uh, early in the movie where he's driving that car and he's going down a road and it's all blue. It's it's like all completely blue. Yeah, and. Uh, it's it's like a, a coloring of the, of the frame, I guess, and it, the the use of color in that movie. Exactly, is, you see, I think it was him, like, as he was in one of those down moods yeah, that he that it, the character gets into. That's like what I was the saying. Cycle. Like as a like as a movie, like if you are interested in learning about movies, this is a movie you have to watch. Yeah, I I think the thing about it is is the the ending is so off kilter. You know, where like the characters yeah. don't really develop themselves. It's more just like a. And then this happened. Then they poison each other for life. You know, like speaking of characters not developing. Yeah, love actually. Oh man, holy shit! <laughs> the only person who made it out of that movie is Alan Rickman because he's dead. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in in so long. That I had I, never seen that movie. Yeah, yeah. but um, <laughs> but yeah, but uh, <laughs> what do you call it? Um. Yeah, like the ending of this movie reminds me of the ending of uh, Magnolia. Have you ever seen Magnolia? I haven't seen Magnolia. Okay, well, I don't. Well, then I'm not even going to spoil it for you because you know. But the the ending of that movie is very like off kilter. Like, and then this crazy thing happens, and so like, like we're I, I guess it's to like subvert expectations. But yeah. you know, I thought it worked well in Phantom Thread, and I really loved it. But uh, I get why. See, I watched it with my girlfriend. I know yeah. she didn't like it as much as I did because <laughs> I've seen it like four times. Yeah, like, I loved it. I love it now. Well, it's definitely one I'm gonna rewatch. But yeah. it, like, once again, not like my usual cup of tea, but it's like one of the most intellectually stimulating movies I've seen. Yeah. Did you watch it when it first came out? I I had never seen it before. Like even uh, like we watched that Love Actually and. Getting Sarah Marshall and getting Sarah Marshall, I hadn't yeah. seen since it came out on DVD. Oh man! Um, and as a teenager, wait, it's like we might need to pause for one second. What's up? <laughs> I don't know if we got our movies mixed up because I didn't watch. What'd you actually, watch? I watched as good as it gets. You watch as good as it gets. Have oh, you fu- seen that? I have not. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! Damn. I thought we were. Oh As-a-tol- shit! When- you should see as good as it gets. It's like a total. Um, it's almost like the antithesis of Phantom Thread. It's like it's like a a, a much more comedic Phantom Thread, <laughs> where you have like the same type of person, a very like OCD, very like he he's he definitely has obsessive, obsessive compulsive disorder. Yeah. They like heavily imply that, but then they also heavily imply heavily imply that he has like autism. So you have Jack Nicholson saying things to people where you're like, oh, like he calls uh, a gay characters queer, and you know. F words a lot, and uh, we've said worse things. Oh on man, here. It, it's a, it's a very 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 good. Um, I just talked about Alan Rickman's death. <laughs> Love actually. Let me. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I have seen it, but just not recently. I, I saw like it last it. night. Oh man. Oh oh. I didn't yeah. get shit hammered drunk to be able to make it through that. Oh, was it really bad? That's more like a quintessential. Uh, rom com, you know, it's like, not and even it's like a, a holiday rom-com. one. Too, I right? I didn't realize it was a Christmas movie. Yeah, 
I did not go in there going like, I have Holly Joe. It has nothing to do with the title. And it's just like, it, like everything is centered around Christmas. Yeah. But honestly, like nothing, nothing was even wrapped up in the movie. Yeah, like nothing happened. You know, it was a hugely successful movie. These movies, like, uh, you know, a $40 million budget, $250 million at the box office for uh, Love Actually. That's pretty good, you know? Yeah, and I hope everyone who was involved in the production of that movie got AIDS. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that that is like... That's one of those movies where, like, you see... I don't mean I, Magic Johnson AIDS either. I mean, like... 1980s, you're gonna die like fucking Freddie Mercury AIDS. That's one of those movies where you just you see everything coming. Uh, well, the only part you don't see coming is Alan Rickman's story where did he cheat on his wife or didn't he? Yeah, and then they're still together at the end, and she doesn't want to be together with him. This is another very English movie. Yeah, you know, but but corny English. Yeah, you know, kind of like lame. <laughs> you know, kind of. Uh, never mind. Not very artistic, you know, the plots that go nowhere or just go exactly where you thought they were going to go. Well, the thing is, is that, like, a guy had an idea. Let's uh, let's make, uh, like, 12 episodes that fit together. Like, they all just happen to know. There's no real relationship between them. <laughs> it just happens to be they all know each other and they all end up at the uh, Christmas pageant together. Yeah, like every other movie, just like, you know, all, all those crappy uh, holiday rom-coms that I can't even, like, you know, recall because they're so bland. You know, they, they do one of these every year, and they're just like, blah. Like, you look at the director and, like, other things he's directed, and what, it's what? like no, nothing, uh, you know, Bridget Jones, uh, you know, <laughs> that's another uh, movie. Yeah, I, Bridget Jones' Diary. I I have unfortunately War seen War Horse. That. What about War Horse? Have you seen that? Uh, I haven't. I had no interest in seeing it. That's just more, you know, just schlock. That's that's what makes Phantom Thread so unbelievably fantastic. It was so that, good. That just you know, like the reason why I loved it. It's just. I feel like I connected with the character a little too much. <laughs> you know, like like Reynolds Woodcock. I was like. I don't think that's a good thing. I know. I was. I was. I was like, you know, because I was looking at my girlfriend. I was like, you know, Joe, you do chew awfully loud, and it pisses me off like crazy. It's I'm, one of those things. It's like it's like a weird pet peeve that I have, you know. And uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna contest one thing. Richard Curtis did make Pirate Radio. Oh, did you see that? I I love that movie. Oh, it's man. it's a good feel good movie. Oh, well, there you go. See, if you swing enough, you will hit a home run. Oh, shit. He did uh, The Vicar of Dibley? Oh. I grew up watching that. I didn't, uh, I don't know it. I haven't seen Pirate Radio. Is that a Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah, yeah. He's in there. Yeah. Yeah, see. It's him. It's Nick Frost, Bill Nye. Yeah. Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Oh, okay. So not uh, the science guy. Remember the uh, stepdad from uh, Shaun of the Dead? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was also in Love Actually. Oh, it was man. the only yeah, likable yeah, character. Yeah, in. yeah. I yeah. loved his bit. He he was making. I feel like they're making a comment about the movie because he kept on saying, uh, "This is a shitty Christmas song." <laughs> Tell you what, if it makes it to number one, I'll do 
I will sing this Christmas Eve and strip down to nothing on stage. And it just seemed to be like, yeah, I know what this movie is. See, the thing about this movie is it came out in a time probably like, yeah, see, in 2003, we're like, these movies like were formulaically always going to work. Like, oh, we did. You, you spend $40 million, yeah. you put a corny story at Christmas, and people are going to go see it. You know, couples are going to, you know, fall yeah. over to get into the theater. I was nine so, when this movie came out. Yeah, that's why, like, I, I've seen a ton of random, cr- stupid rom-com. Like, have you ever seen, like, My Super Ex-Girlfriend? Yep. With Uma Thurman, you saw that one? Yep. That is one of those, like, unbelievably corny movies I've ever seen. I feel like they had an opportunity to do something fun. Yeah, and they and they really didn't. It was just well, um, like the trailers for it made it look like a raunchy comedy. Yeah, and then it was not. It was the same corn that the same cornball crap that we get every time. But forgetting Sarah Marshall, I watched that for the first time and the last time when I was fourteen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and then I rewatched it yesterday. Oh man, and. That's a really good movie. Yeah, totally different perspective you're picking up on that right now. Yeah, well, like being a 14-year-old, like, actually, it was that a summer release? I might have been 13 when it came out. You know what? I would see, oh, man, I was 18, when they, and it was April release, but a summer, summer, yeah, summer, yeah, I would have been, I would have been a, yeah. uh, I would have been 13 years old. Yeah. That movie is not for 13-year-olds. No, no. <laughs> Did you see it in theaters when you saw it? Uh, no, I got it on DVD from yes. uh, the library. So yeah, you you definitely got it in the summer. Yeah, and man, yo, uh, great summer movie and great movie in general. Uh, I thought it was directed. It's another holiday movie. What? Oh yeah. Well, really? Uh, it takes place uh, the uh, scene where he finally asks out. Uh, Mia Kunis. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was on 4th of July. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I did not know that at all. Well, I mean, you have that phantom <laughs> totally thread. Uh, the biggest conflict moments happen around Christmas and New and Year's. And New Year's, yes. And yes. then uh, Love Actually is a, a Christmas movie. Christmas. Uh, as good as it gets. No Any holiday, holiday references? Not at all. Yeah. Oh, man, but you have to watch it. You should watch it and then do like a post commentary on this. I kind just of like want a, to. A I, quick one. I've got a couple of days before I'm going to post because this. Just, so. yeah, like just to, to, but without spoiling anything, mm-hmm. it's almost as like it's like the antithesis of a Phantom Thread. And like, I think the reason why I thought you said that was one of the, the movies we should watch yeah. is because we were going back and forth on that. Yeah. And yeah. um, I saw you at, at Gotham and you were like, you know, someone told me that was actually, like, a really great movie. Yeah, like yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, yeah, and, like, Jack Nicholson won Best Actor, and Helen Hunt won, be- won Best Actress. Yeah. But I, like, well, I wanted to watch Love Actually because my friend who listens to this told me it's one of the worst things <laughs> he's ever seen in his life. And, just like, I was just fun. shooting him texts, like, as I was watching. It's like, I, I hate every part of this. <laughs> I gotta see the run. Oh man! Oh, it's a long runtime. It is. It's two hours and ten minutes. That's the same runtime as Phantom Thread. Yeah, I know. But you know that one at least is, uh, again, cinematography, all that music. The acting. music was insane. Uh, Daniel Day. You know there. <laughs> oh there yeah. was over ninety minutes of original score written for that movie. Uh, yeah, written by the guitarist of Radiohead. Yeah, Johnny right. Johnny Greenwood. Yeah. And it. It was nothing like anything they've ever done. Oh, no. It's yeah. kind of like, uh, what's I mean, his face? Uh, 
Nine Inch Nails guy, whenever he does a soundtrack oh, yeah. or a movie. Trent Reznor. Trent Reznor. That, he is, yeah, getting very, he, he can diversify his sound yeah. very well, yeah. But uh, I know Johnny Greenwood has done, like, scores for yeah, other movies. I, I was looking that I'm up I'm not exactly afterwards. sure the which ones, but, uh, but you know, like, uh, he, oh, see, he d- also did The Power of the Dog, which... That's another movie. It's ve- uh, I. It's a recent film, kind of nothing to do with the romance or the, uh, you know, theme we're going for here. But doesn't matter. A decent. How often do these I, stay on track? I'd say actually, it's definitely a better than decent movie. I would, I would see again. Wa- like watching Phantom Thread, I was like, I see why people would not like this, and especially the ending. Oh yeah. But like Power of the Dog, same type of thing. A very enigmatic character with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. And just don't like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, really? Personally, oh, do man. not like him. I everything he's ever been in, I I dislike him more. I like fully agreed with you. I would have fully agreed with you. Like right after Doctor Strange, I was like, oh, I, he's a douche. Like, like the it, movie was very cool. Well, but... like uh, the Imitation Game. Oh, see, I never saw that. We went to see that Christmas Day, my family and I. <laughs> I was so against it. I was so against it. We watch it. We get out. That was such a bad movie. Yeah, it was. And it's just me going like, I told you, there's there's like 10 different movies. And we could have rented something. We could oh, have we could have just stayed home and played Sorry and had a better time. You could have played the game of life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I w- I don't know about you. Anytime I play that game, I end up just leaving babies on the side of the road. I don't know what happens, but I always have too many children. Yeah, but Benedict Cumberbatch, I did not like him <laughs> from Doctor Strange. Then Infinity War, I was like, oh, snap, he's awesome. And then, you know, I saw him in the the new Spider-Man. He's pretty good. He was all right. But uh, uh, in The Power of the Dog, definitely better. Definitely better acting performance, but it's like such a slow movie. It's just like... Phantom Thread, like where you know it's, and also m- m- a lot of heavily like implied plot stuff mm-hmm. where they like show things like a piece of paper and the, and no one reads out loud what's on the piece of paper. You kind of have to like read it yourself and or you know absorb it well, somehow. I mean, like even when like uh, you said the not actually said stuff like uh, in uh, Phantom Thread, I think. Uh, when he initially meets Alma and they're talking about, uh, like, how he doesn't want to be deceitful. Oh, He's yeah. He's a constant bachelor. He doesn't want to get married, yeah. Well, I think the thing is, is that he wants to be seen as kind of, you know, gay. Yeah. Well, I, well he's got the pinky ring. He works <laughs> exclusively in dresses. He, uh, like, if you look at him, he surrounds himself with older women. He's mm-hmm. obsessed with his mother and his sister. Mm-hmm. He is very much a feminine character. He definitely, that, yeah, I think that that feminine side of him definitely, I think, holds him back from that. And also, you know, his his mother is mm-hmm. such an imposing figure. I think he didn't want to marry anyone because, you know, no woman could ever, like, you know, live Never up to be, this woman. Yeah. You know, like when he was... Poisoned on God, mushrooms. I love that movie. When, when he was it's not po- my movie, but I love it so much. <laughs> when he was poisoned on mushrooms, he was literally like hallucinating her in the mm-hmm. room. It, it, a, a, a very kind of creepy scene. Yeah, that. And it was a scene that was almost like in the beginning of the movie. 
it's almost like telegraphed because well, he says they're watching. Exactly. Yeah. He says to his sister, you know, he goes, I know my ancestors are watching us, but it doesn't spook me out. You know, it's comforting. It makes me feel, yeah, it makes me feel comfortable. And I was like, I, I looked at my girlfriend. I was like, isn't that awesome? I was like, I love that too. It, you know? And you can see all of that, like every aspect, there was no unneeded dialogue in the entire movie yeah and and yeah that's the thing is uh like in it, it it's not an actiony it's it's movie it's it's a it's a real act actor movie you know it's not like a explosion nothing's gonna explode you know wasn't that the first movie that daniel day lewis did after he moved to italy to become a cobbler oh yeah he actually uh went to italy for a year to to learn like dressmaking under like a, like an amazing dressmaker it might have been like balenciaga or something like that i can believe that i heard he's a, yeah he's that kind of crazy paul thomas anderson implied in something that uh, this movie you know is influenced by like the head of balenciaga who was like a fussy guy and yeah. then, like he took inspiration from that and said you know, what if we made a movie about like the fussiest man on earth? You know, like you know the yeah. the most challenging guy ever, and he he really is. He's a, he's a real son of a bitch in this movie, and well, you know, one of the interesting things before like uh, he gets married, and you see like him deliberately trying to break down the emotional barriers. Mm. Uh, they show his morning routine a couple of times. Yeah. And his hair is getting messier and messier before he gets to the table. Yeah, see, yeah, and early in the movie, he's very clean cut and, yeah. and on point. And he's got, like, a little bit of scruff here and there afterwards. Yeah. Yes, yes, which which never happens. Like, he's he's always, like, It like starts off with him shaving. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, like, even the beginning of the movie, I, I thought that Alma was, like, almost like a villain. Because the, yeah. the opening shot is her in this candlelit, you know... Like I gave al- him almost like a cabin, yeah. All of me, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it sends fucking chills down your spine. Yeah, and you're like, wow. You know, yeah, you exactly. The, it, it telegraphs what she does, this yeah. sinister thing that he ends up weirdly embracing. Yeah, which was strange, but you know, <laughs> I think that it's definitely the most divisive thing in the movie. I think. Well, the thing is, is that like, it, I feel like uh, for him. His fussiness, his like routine that he's so entrenched in. Yeah. Uh that that's who he views himself as a person. And when he was ill, when he had only one person they could rely on, he no longer had himself. Yeah. Yeah, and he he, he like he, like as a character, he's like uh He's kind of a jerk. He pushes people away, but he, yeah. he surrounds himself with so many people, but he wants to be yeah. alone a lot, you know? And and his his sister is the only uh, exception to that in almost every way. Like, with his two girlfriends in the movie with Joanna and Alma, yeah. no pet names, no, no, not much affection, except for after, you know, they steal the dress together, yeah. you know, after that woman disrespected his dress. Um but no pet names, but he always calls his sister my my so and so. Yeah, it's like oh my little so and so. Yeah, and um, it, it, it's a that's that again is a strange relationship where yeah. his sister really rules his life. Yeah, and he he doesn't you know, you know that they they give in to uh, like he has so many enablers around him. Yeah, that give in to these weird behaviors. You know, well, I mean, like she didn't even tell him like the biggest client he had 
Yeah. He's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause just because he didn't want to make him mad. Fucking chic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. It was so cool. Yeah, yeah, it was so cool. Because, like, this movie is, like, like I think it's, like, post-war 1950s. Ish? Yeah, it's 1954. So it's kind of, like, the end of, like, classic fashion, like, royal influence yeah. stuff. Well, you notice, like, the change in the way they dress from the beginning. Like, the first one they show is, like, very high society. It's got yeah. like the pleats and stuff. It's the royal purple color. And then like the wedding dress, heavy lace, all that. Exactly. A lot of bringing in of lace. And, and also and two straight things. guys talking about dress fashion. I learned so much. <laughs> I looked up a lot. Just by, yeah, just, yeah. I mean, I really, really like was so surprised that I would enjoy this movie. Because like when it first came out, I was like, I'm not watching this. this I was is, like. I was like, honestly, for Daniel Day-Lewis to end his career on this and for Paul Thomas Anderson to do a, a silly fashion story like this that's basically, you know, going to be just a, a, a bullcrap rom-com, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be just this indie romantic crap, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not going to be good. I dismissed it completely, and then I maybe watched it right after we were talking about, like, I was talking about Paul Thomas Anderson movies yeah. with Riyadh, and he was like, it was actually really good. And yeah. I was like, What? I was like, okay, then I have to watch it, and I was I was totally blown away. I I, it, I think the surprise yeah. made me like it more, you know. Well, like one of the things that got me is we talked about it before with PTA. Every one of his movies is kind of a comedy. Yes, not this oh one. My. No, no, it is in so many ways. <laughs> it's it's so funny. Like, like there's his name is Reynolds Woodcock. That has that yeah. that has to be somewhat comedic, you know. But. And also, I guess like the moments where he's like getting mad at the small things, uh, that there is some comedy to it. Every time that I realize that it's after I watch it a second time with one of his yeah. movies, but oh yeah, absolutely. I, See, this is yeah. definitely what I'm going to watch again. <laughs> yeah, but and um, it every one of his movies that I watch the first time, I can appreciate it, but I don't enjoy it. Like there will be blood. Oh. I did not like them. I also watched it with my family, and oh. they did not like the movie. <laughs> but uh, when I watched it again, I was like, this is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I love that movie. God damn. That movie, again, that movie blew my mind because I, I barely knew who Paul Thomas Anderson was. I think that was, was the like, first one of his movies I saw besides that uh, one mean, scene with Heather Graham in uh, Boogie Nights. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't even know. I remember know. that scene very well. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, see, Cinemax There Will Be Blood weekend? There uh, Will Be Blood came out in 2007, so I was 17. And so that's like, it was like my first exposure to Paul Thomas Anderson. I ever, was you know? 12 or 13. Yeah, yeah. And so I watched that, and it completely blew my mind. And Daniel Day-Lewis and all his, you know, uh, method acting, you know, that really opened me up to... Yeah you know, PTA in general, but like, I was such a fan of PTA. And then I was like, I can't believe he's doing a fashion movie. We, we got to have one of these podcasts uh, just devoted to him. Yeah. We, oh man. We call yeah. it uh, the PTA meeting. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, we can rank them, you know, <laughs> that's going to be difficult. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, yeah. And I still have to see licorice pizza. Yeah. Right? Same here. Have you seen Magnolia? We just went through that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, no. I have. Okay, I, well, then you got to see that. Yeah. You know, I actually watched an interview with him where he, he talked about it, and he was like, 
yeah, you know, it was a movie about my dad because my dad just died, you know, and yeah. it's very, very long. It's like three and a half hours long. Uh, I got I'd through s- Endgame. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll say it's very, very good, but there's so many things that that kind of go nowhere. Yeah. You know? And I, I don't think it was on purpose because he was in an interview with Mark Maron. He was like... I was about to mention the Marin interview. Yeah, he was like, the only thing about that is I I would definitely cut that movie down, Mm -hmm. you know, because it was very long and there were some things that were a little bit off kilter. I love how, like, very serious a filmmaker he is. Yes. But, like, anytime there's an interview, he just seems like a nice guy that you would want to hang out with. He does. He's very honest about his own movies and, you know... He's honest about wanting to like his own movies, which yeah. which I like, you know, because I think you should. You, you, well, you know. there are so many people. The person I think who likes their own movies the most, and I love it, uh, Michael Bay. Oh, I everyone shits on that guy. Yep, constantly. I completely agree. I remember he was told uh, in an interview, uh, I forget which critic was, like, you make movies for 13-year-old boys. <laughs> And his response was basically, yeah, I do. They deserve <laughs> movies, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like uh, when uh, Scorsese said uh, Marvel movies are roller coasters. Yeah. Like, That's what they are. Yeah. You don't want to ride a roller coaster every day, but when you do, it's a little bit fun. You yeah. have a good time. I'll be honest. Uh, that should not have been this uh, horribly offensive statement to uh, comic book movies. Um you know, especially coming from Martin Scorsese, he's not a guy that even as a kid watched or uh, read comics. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's way more of a movies and TV type guy. And, you know, those movies are just, it's just, it's stolen stories. Half yeah, the time. yeah. You know, you're, you're taking stories straight from comic books. But Michael Bay, you know, like, he uh, he's just dedicated to what he wants to do. Just like great spectacle, you know, amazing stunts stuff like that you know and the the transformers uh franchise They're, i don't know like the fir- the first transformers you can't deny is amazing it it's, was so it's, much it's, fun it's when like i was a kid great. and i was in theaters watching that i had a good time my parents loved it my brother loved it my friends loved it see I loved you were it. like 12 13 in 2007 right yeah so that, so see the same and years the thing, there will be blood yeah <laughs> both of those movies very good in their own respect. Exactly. Uh, one of those movies, respect. I was the target demographic. Yeah, I think Michael Bay is is weirdly self-aware that he, he's like, I'm not really smart enough to make, you well, know, that's the a thing. Paul Thomas like, Anderson. I would love to see him, like, one time make, like, this gigantic action movie <laughs> that's also just, like, really cerebral. Oh, man. You know, like... Uh, he could definitely do that. I, I feel I, like I he could. <laughs> well, I mean, like uh, Mad Max uh, Fury Road. Oh. Not necessarily a cerebral movie, but it had so many new things. And it was an entire car chase movie. That, That's insane. That movie, I was so surprised. Uh, I I thought uh, Denis Villeneuve uh, directed it. But it was really George Miller, the guy who's done, like, all the other Mad yeah. Maxes. And it, you it, know that Eminem was originally going to be Mad Max? What? Oh, man. Yeah, I was, was just... Uh, I, I don't I, know. I read an article about that. Apparently, uh, they were trying to get him to be Mad Max, so he didn't want to leave his home state for it. You see, that's that's a weird thing. It was because um, he enjoyed his performance in 8 Mile. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's very strange. And just be, uh, the whole... Uh, 
Like the fact that he didn't want to leave his own, his home state to do the role is one thing where I would be like, oh, thank God he didn't do it then. Because like <laughs> Tom Hardy really went there in, in so many ways. Like he was great and like it, it wasn't like a like a demanding role. I guess he was kind of yeah. just screaming. <laughs> and, and anytime you know, he spoke, it was just shit. him grunting yes. or yelling. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's not the the most demanding role, but for some reason he he put his own little. Thing on it where I mean it was amazing you know? I, I'm one of those people I've I really 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 want to like Tom Hardy oh oh you don't like him I've have you ever seen Bronson I have a couple of times oh man see I, I love that movie. I thought it was I an all right movie I I loved it yeah but but you know, like I saw that I totally I saw the one it. where he played twins like oh King I haven't seen that one I forget the name of it I heard that uh, one was bad it was not good. Yeah, see, he's not one of these one of these actors that every time every movie's gonna be amazing. Yeah, but you know, he he has his, his moments. When you know? he's good, he's really yeah, fucking yeah. good. Yeah, like he was probably he, he was pretty good in in Inception. I didn't and like. I don't like most of those. movies. The Christopher Knowles. I I do not like Christopher Knowles. It's one of those things where like I I watched a lot of those movies like in high school, yeah, and high school, college age, and you know, coming back to them now, it's a little bit like. Uh, I get what I get why people don't like it because it's like it feels like a dumb guy trying to write smart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, like anytime I try to do a smart joke, it's like, just like, yeah, I'm not bright enough for this. Like I, I really love uh, Interstellar, you know. But well, I love the premise of the exactly. movies, and then I see the, like I uh, what was that one uh, Tenet. Oh yeah, so you see that movie. I feel like was a jump, a jumping of the shark, where it's like we're all looking at each other, like, wait, are all these movies like this? You know, like his movie Memento. I feel like is almost undeniably great. Have you ever seen that with the I, tattoos? Yeah, I saw it back in college. It's it's very it's I'd say very good, and you know, uh, uh, you know, he manipulates the timeline and yeah. all that, which was which was pretty cool. But Tenant, ugh, yeah. You know, that was complete crap. I was just, you know, you look at Inception. It was almost like it was trying to copy it. You know? It, it like, seemed like, like it was like... It was like the well, Force we, Awakens of, yeah. <laughs> of Inception. Like we... Okay, we hit the mark with this movie. What if we do something very similar? Yeah. Very dream sequency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I still love all the concepts in Inception. Yeah. It's... My biggest problem with it was most of it didn't... Follow its own rules. Yeah. And also oh, yeah. the big twist at the end, like, is he awake or asleep? He's still asleep. His kids are the same age. Or maybe he's a sus- or maybe he's awake. You know, like, like, like no, it, the kids like are the same ambi- age as they were in his memory. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like just, there's so it's much revealed ambiguity. right there. There's ambiguity. There's, there's throwing in of rules in the middle of like, like, they have a whole setup where yeah. there's like, like like in a room and like, okay, you're going to do this and you're going to do Ellen Page. You're going to do that. And then Tom Hardy, you're going to come with us and you're going to do this. But they don't explain how there's like levels to dreams and they don't explain how, oh, you go too deep. You're going to die. You know, like, yeah, it, it's it's it was strange. But the spectacle of the movie was, was pretty great. Oh, yeah. Uh, the spectacle was, you know, like that he, one scene. He does that so well. Hallway. Oh, that was yeah. so cool. Uh, I saw a special effects like behind the scenes thing about it, and they're right. like, "This was the, very expensive." This is what I'll say: if if Michael Bay makes movies for thirteen year old boys, no one makes movies for sixteen year old boys. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you know, 
kids who think they're smart, very sophomoric. Yeah. Sophomore in Latin means wise fool. Yeah. So that's the type of, you know, people who think they're I so smart. I say that smart. as if I knew... Yeah, if I knew that before, you said he's like, "Well, what if what if we made a Batman movie, but it's smart?" You know? I'm, I'm gonna still say I love the Dark Knight. Oh yeah, uh, the other two I could take a leave. But exactly, that's middle one. you know, I remember loving Batman Begins, but I think I loved it because it came out when I was like 14. Yeah, and, and it's fucking and I, Batman, and I was like, "I love Batman!" Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, and uh, you know, the Dark Knight though was objectively fantastic and great. Like you know, Heath Ledger in that movie was great. This the whole movie, yeah, it's one that I've watched so many times, and the third one is one of the greatest comedies I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> the third one was a bunch of crap. Ah, oh, it that one You're was a pretty so, big guy was so drunk. Oh my god, you know, for you, like, <laughs> like it was like I was thinking about this. Just I don't know why yeah. I was just thinking about this while driving because like sometimes I'll just be driving and instead of getting road rage I'll choose to just do a weird voice. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> At a person I'll I, be like, "How dare you cut me off, you son of a bitch!" You know, I I, I do that. At I work was with born my in the dark. <laughs> yeah, and like I was thinking, like, man, was Christopher Nolan trying to make that comedic? Like he heard Tom Hardy do this and he was like. Oh, my God, dude. That's so menacing. It's you Sean Connery trying to sound like Mickey Mouse. Oh, okay, actually. you know, Or Mickey Mouse trying to sound like Sean Connery. This just I'm not sure which one. Flash back to me. But, yeah. but um, the reason why the voice sounds terrible and hilarious yeah. is because they tried to do it with the mask on. And it kind of, yeah. I guess to Christopher Nolan Hello. and Tom Hardy, yes. it sounded, <laughs> yeah, like it sounded a little better, but... When they were listening to it, they're like, "It's barely picking up on yeah. these mics," so like we're not getting it. So then he'd have to do voiceover I mean, on a lot of it, and I that's mean, why it sounds horrible. I'm gonna know? say I, I had a similar thing with the mask and a beard. Like, <laughs> well, no, I one of the reasons why I can't grow out my beard too far now is I have the mask on. I can't open my mouth all the way, so I sound like I, uh, I have a learning disability. Oh man. See, and you have to wear a mask all the time working at a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So I was having a problem. I, I was trying to order at a. Uh, I was at. Uh, you ever go to Mighty Quinn's Barbecue? Uh, it's in no, the but I've East. heard of it. It's very good. But there was a guy there who had his mask on, and he was. I'll I couldn't understand the, the word barbecue. he was saying, but you know, I built a barbecue business up from nothing on my rooftop. Damn it! Oh, really? <laughs> Why is everyone surprised by this? I'm not surprised, but, you know. Rose Branch Barbecue. Check it out on uh, Instagram. doesn't oh. exist anymore, but I still have oh. smokers, folks. <laughs> Bring it back. You know, New York City needs some barbecue. Because Mighty Quinn's is kind of like a, a, a fast food barbecue place. But, you know. Okay. Yeah. I remember that guy. I couldn't understand him. but Yeah, I, I feel like if you have facial hair and you wear a mask, yeah. Makes it very difficult. Uh, but another movie of this time. Also, with the nose you have plus a beard, <laughs> you just would either just be coming off every word <laughs> or you wouldn't be able to talk. Yeah, yeah. I hate wearing a mask. Fuck so masks. do I. Throw them in the, we're done with them, people. Hopefully forever. I am so know? happy the mask mandate is yeah, over. But too. I still have to wear one at work. Well, yeah, you know, eh, do what you got to do to get by, it's, you know. But another movie of that time, Dark Knight Time, forgetting yeah. Sarah Marshall. I, 
As a kid, I didn't get the movie. I oh, really? Oh, no. See, like, I could understand, thing. like, the breakup things, all that. But, like, conceptually, I hadn't been in any sort of relationship. Exactly, yeah. So, I, I didn't get it. In 2008, how old were you? 2008, I was, like, when that came out, I was 13. <laughs> yeah, you see, I saw it totally... I was 18. Well, like, my brother loved it, and it's just like, yeah. that's part of the reason why I wanted to watch it. Yeah. And I just didn't get it. Yeah. It, it, it's it's kind of rom-com heavy. That's why, you know, it definitely fits in with these other movies. But um, very, so funny and so jokey and, and good, funny characters. You, you know, they, like, in every rom-com, they have, like, these throw-in characters yeah. that are just stupid. And they're cringy, and they're horrible. But, like... In this movie, they actually cast wonderful people like Jack McBriar, like, you know, uh, Jonah Hill, who was great in it, Paul Rudd. Uh, I don't know. know the name of the... There was the fat black guy. Yes, that, yes. Oh, man. I, See, I don't know his name either. He was also amazing I'm, when he was naming all the fish. Yeah, yeah. I fucking loved his character. You know what I think happened? Devon McDonald. What Devon McDonald. Craig Robertson. What? What do you mean? You know, the guy from The Office and yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah. What about him? Think about who has that role now. Who uh, was yeah. in uh, Zack and Miri and shit like yes, that. Yeah. I feel like it. Like he just got that role. Did you like Zack and Miri? I fucking love that movie. Yeah, see, that's one of those things. That's I like showed a- it to my roommate, see, about a week, week and a half ago. Yeah. Kevin Smith movies, like, I feel I like... I fucking it, love Kevin Smith. That's the thing, though. Like, you have to, like, get it. Like, a lot of people are like, this is crap. You know, people will watch Chasing Amy and be like, I don't understand this. So, I hate it. And I'm like, what? It's super artistic. It's like, I, what are you talking about? I hate watching that movie because it hurts me. <laughs> oh, because it hurts your ears. No, no. Well, the lady's <laughs> voice, on. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also just it's, like... It's sad. It's... Like, I went in there expecting, like, a Kevin Smith movie, <laughs> maybe a rom-com movie. Yeah, and a, a then rat I have emotions now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Puts it put it puts the emotions of unrequited love in your brain. Yeah, and it's just oh, I watched this when I was twenty years old, right out of a relationship. I'm gonna go cry now. <laughs> <laughs> but forgetting Sarah Marshall, see the whole grief scenes are great. Yeah, with uh, Jason Segel just uh, you know crying and crying yeah. after having sex with a woman. It's hilarious. Hi, <laughs> Hi. I love the scene. Hi. Oh yeah. Hi. She's like, do you want to gag me? <laughs> what? what? You can gag me. Yeah. It, do you want to gag me? That's one of those things. It's like, is this a trap? Please. Yeah. Like, I no, I don't know if I wanted to gag you, you weirdo. Have uh, you ever, have you ever been in a situation like that? I've been asked to choke before. Really? And uh, are you into that? I am not. Yeah. I am terrified of that because uh, I I don't know how to do that without hurting somebody. That's... I don't mean like. Ah, uh, yeah, playful hurting. Ha, I can't breathe. I mean, like, actual, like, you're going to die, bitch. Exactly. I've heard stories of people. I was like, so what is it? Just, you know, you put your hand around their neck, and then they're like, oh, no, I'm going to fucking squeeze. And then there's, like, a safe word. And it's or, like, or, I don't know. she'll tap my head three times, and you know to stop. I, I like, don't know. I, I understand like, the logistics of it, but it's also just like, I, I am afraid I am going to prison. Exactly. And, you know, we all love sex, but let's not go overboard. Come on. You know, it's great on its own. It's great plain. Well, that's the thing. (laughs) It's like a slice of cheesecake every time. It's delightful. Come on. And uh, 
the moment you start adding like raspberry, strawberries, things like that, yeah, that's good on occasion. But uh, you know what I really fucking love? Fucking cheesecake. Plain fucking cheesecake. Just a regular. Just, you know, no lime cheesecake. <laughs> Give me a regular cheese. I, all of a sudden, you want me to come on the cheesecake? I have issues with that. Yeah, but speaking of overt sexual, <laughs> there's nudity of the male sort in Forgetting Star In the first five minutes. And I, yeah, and you know gratuitous. what? When this movie came out, like, I was super excited about it because I think Knocked Up came out the year before, and I assumed this was a Judd Apatow movie. It's not directed by him, but I think it is. It's pro- written. It's definitely, oh, yeah, written and yeah. produced, probably. But. I, super actually, excited I take it back. He didn't this. write it. He he was only a producer on it. Yeah. It was all uh, Siegel who. Uh, yeah. Oh well. Yes. Yeah. So, well, Siegel is actually he's very very a, a good actor. I'd I, say you know lovable. It's weird. I love him at every role he's in. Yeah. I do not like him as a person. All the oh. interviews I've seen with him, he just comes off as kind of douchey. Yeah, because he's he's crazy. He's a little weird. You yeah. Know? But like, um, I think he got too famous too young. When this movie came out, the male nudity was such a big deal. Yeah. People were like, whoa. Well, I remember my penis. brother telling me the first, like, 10 minute, 20 minutes of that movie is just the main character's dick. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and him I had no idea what he was talking <laughs> yeah. about. I The first time I watched it was the uncut version, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it is quite literally... If my 14-year-old brain is still in there, it is 10 minutes of Jason Siegel's dick. Yeah, and uh, that bend-over shot right after Ooh. he sees his penis, I was like, wow, whoa. That went on for like two seconds longer than I thought because you really see that also, you know, area. Also, I, I think it's weird as an adult now that didn't even phase me. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I have seen so much shit at this point. It's just like, yeah. So see, what? that's the thing. These movies in general yeah. were like, we're gonna make freaking raunchy lo- rom coms, you know? Because like you know, before this was the love love actually types, yeah. and as good as it gets, which were very kind of corny, yeah, like and kind of a little bit schlocky, but you know, not raunchy, you know, no, not no. overtly anything. Like there's a little bit of nudity in uh, as good as it gets, but it's it's almost like not really because it. It's not. It's not Helen Hunt naked. It's Helen Hunt naked, but drawn. Yeah. So it's a drawing of her naked. So yeah. It's weird. I was surprised in all the nudity in Love Actually. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, and it's because there there is a child in it, and, and it is almost implied as a family movie. But I don't know. I thought it was just like you know, <laughs> this, this is just a sweet, wholesome family movie, and then it's just tits everywhere. I can't. You know, see, Love Actually. It's weirdly one of those movies that like got nominated for best. Best picture for a Golden Globe, you know, like a uh, comedy or uh, musical, which, you know, the Golden Globes are so weird and random. All, I, the, all the every single award show is like a piece of crap. I and mean, they're all stupid, you know. I still don't understand why Black Panther got nominated for best picture. Yeah, you know, again, like just a good, okay, a good, okay action movie. And, yeah. And I get that it, it has a different message, but. The movie itself, I don't think, was trying to push forward that message. I, I feel like the marketing team of Disney was trying to push forward. Yeah, because otherwise message. it was a by the numbers. Yeah, uh, just a Marvel good movie. superhero yeah. movie. And I think Marvel tried to make so much of it because it was I, so great. And again, very tragic that uh, what's his name uh, Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman yeah. passed away. My God. 
Because I was excited to see a sequel. I was like, wow. Because, like, you see the first Captain America, yeah. and it's kind of corny, you know, and lame, because it has to be. So, it, you know, because they want to make sure it'll Honestly, work. I loved all the uh, pre, uh, pre him being Captain America bits. Like, yeah. before the Red Skull. Yeah, yeah. Where he gets uh, all involved with that. Yeah, yeah. The the, the war stuff. Yeah, like <laughs> when he was training and things. like It was so good. Yeah, yeah. Before but it became a superhero like, movie. I expect, like, you know, you see the first Captain America, and, and it's kind of like, you know, a little bit, like, corny, a little bit. But then the next one gets really crazy. It's almost like a Bond movie, you know? Like, like it's it darker basically a is a Bond yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, Winter Soldier was great. And Civil War was pretty good. You know, it I was just a little bit like, let's throw in every guy. I It'll watched a torrented, a, a pirated uh version of that movie where someone was filming it in the theater and i gotta tell you it doesn't hold up on uh 14 uh 40p pixelate like you tell that it was like shot with a good camera and then nothing about it was good like it was out of focus it was grainy the audio was shit yeah you know that move you see um i saw hateful eight like that you ever see, you know, uh, Hateful Eight. I went to the theater with my family on Christmas Ooh, for that. Did you see it in 70 millimeter or anything like that? Or was it just regular? It was just regular. Yeah, yeah. But I saw it, like, pirated because, yeah. like, it leaked. And, I remember. Yeah, and um, and me and my friends were like, let's fucking watch this. And I remember thinking, like, will this hold up? And, like, then, like, recently I've seen a, an interview with Quentin Tarantino where he was like, uh... You should be able to watch my movie on like a VHS copy where it's all grainy and poppy, you know, yeah. like it, and, it, and it should work. You should enjoy it because, you know, it's it's supposed to be a good story and a good yeah. movie, you know, on its own. And I just do not like that movie. Neither like, do I. Yeah, it was just I, I it's watched, one I may have to rewatch, but I rewatched it three, four times because I'm like, I love it's another I love Tarantino. It's another exa exactly I every other movie he's made, I'm like, God damn it, he's a like, genius. He's the kind of guy like Even if, if he, he walked up to me and said, Show me your feet, I would. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, see, in real life, he's definitely kind of a weirdo. Like I think if you are like really good at something. Yeah. You have anything, a weirdness. <laughs> like most people are middling at all the things that they feel they excel at. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, anything that you truly are head and shoulders above everyone else, you're kind of a weirdo. Yeah. And, see, there's a, there's a, uh, there was an interview I saw of Paul Thomas Anderson and Quentin Tarantino together. Yeah. And it's all Quentin Tarantino talking. And he interrupts. Paul Thomas Anderson, like, at least 10 times. Like, you could make a drinking game out of it. And there's there's one part where it's, like, a laugh-out-loud moment mm -hmm. where, like, like the interviewer goes, so, Paul, in one of your movies, like, uh, you had a representation of this, and, and what, what, what did that mean to you? And Paul goes, oh, yeah, well, you know, well, what that meant to me was, and he goes, wait, 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 just to interrupt you, I'm sorry, but, like, he's like, he's like I, I just wanted to say that, you know, the, the, that question is great for me because, you know, like, and then he went off on this, like, 15-minute tangent, like, and, and, like, it's unbelievable how friendly Paul Thomas Anderson was. He was just sitting there smiling, I think because, you know, Quentin is obviously, you know, a you know, a big mentor of his, you know. I mean, Quentin's been in the game since, what, the early 90s? Yeah, and even 
mm, like 80s yeah. yeah because you yeah. know uh jackie even, brown and shit yeah uh with quentin tarantino like the even the movies that he wrote um yeah. what, what was what that was one that? that he sold uh, yeah, the, see, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look that up right now because I, he, it's so good with uh, Kevin Slater or, or, yeah. or Christian Slater. Christian Slater. Oh man, yeah. Have you seen that movie? No, I. It's uh, so. Oh, it's so goddamn good. And he he sold it to make uh, to make Reservoir Dogs, uh, True Romance. True. Yes, it is so good. So. Like part of the reason why I started wearing I feel like half this podcast is me always going like, "You seen this movie? No, I have a film degree though." <laughs> <laughs> well, then you know you've probably seen a lot of uh, Italian movies, uh, you know Sergio Leone that I haven't I, seen. I grew up on the old westerns and yes, shit. you see the good, bad, and the ugly and stuff like that. A few dollars more, yeah. uh, duck you sucker! I'm gonna blow you up with a fistful of dynamite. <laughs> that oh, I gotta check these out. Goddamn, you know, but. Uh, True Romance, a great movie. Yeah. I really love it, but Quentin Tarantino hates it, and he doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, like, like he apparently, like you know, he sold it, and they gave it to a director who he didn't like. Yeah, and they kind of made his version of it, and you know, the story is so good, and it's weird. Like there's there's moments of like musical moments, cinematography moments. You're like, wow, if Quentin Tarantino had this. You know, he would have put such a better song here. He would yeah. have put. He would have had such a better shot, such a better follow thing. You know, whatever. I feel like half of the budget for his movies is getting rights to songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Is does he does he have long shoots, Quentin? I I can only imagine. Like he, like the dialogue that is in a scene is the dialogue he has written. And if you if you go off that script. I feel like he's the kind of guy to walk in there, <laughs> cut off your ear, and just go, all right, we're going to shoot this again. Otherwise, Steeler's wheel goes back on, guys. He's definitely not He's not an improv guy then I at all. I don't think he is. Yeah. From what I understand, from what I've heard about him, he he's very much, I wrote the script. Yes. Yeah. Jamie, you did not write the script. Jamie Foxx has a story where he says, um... We were doing uh, table reads for the movie, and I'm at the table read, and we're doing like early shot, early, you know, yeah, an early scene in the movie, and I'm delivering the lines like, "Oh yeah, why don't you come for me then?" You know, "Oh, you're not gonna mess with me," and like Quentin Tarantino was like, "Everyone stop!" That was terrible black voice. By yeah, the way. I, I don't know. I can't do an impression of Jamie Fox. He's, you know, I was trying to do like cool Jamie Fox impression, but whatever. <laughs> but uh, Jamie. Jamie Quentin Tarantino takes him. Oh, Quentin Tarantino takes him into the, uh, into the, in, like into another room, and he, away from everyone, he's like, "Are you trying to fuck up my movie?" And he's like, "What?" He's like, "Listen, I'm, I, you're a slave. You know, you're you're a slave right now. You you can't be talking like you're cool. You know, you you got to be talking like you're a slave. You know, you're an actor. Yeah. You, you need to act. All right, and do not fuck up my movie. And I, and I'm like." Oh man, you know, it, it must be slightly scary to work with him because he he has a story like that, but then he has other like stories and like I've seen a, a documentary behind the scenes thing of him where like he'll end a day and like have the whole crew be like we love movies. They have like a chant, yeah. you know, where they're like and now we're going to do it cuz we love movies and it's it's so it's strange, you know, he's yeah. a very diabolical guy. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, 
this is tangential, but uh, have you seen any Roy Wood Jr.'s new special? No. Uh, he has this great bit about uh, about Leonardo DiCaprio after doing Django. <laughs> he did not work with another black man in a film <laughs> for seven years. Really? It was not on screen. You cannot call Samuel Jackson. You cannot call Angelica. You can't call Jamie Foxx the <laughs> N-word to their face and just be like, so yeah, afterwards in The Revenant. <laughs> you can't do that. And he knew I that. He, he would bear. go by beside them <laughs> and be like, oh, I'm so sorry about this scene. I, 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 am, I understand, it, but it's in the script. It's what the character would do. And apparently they were all cool with it. It was just like, yeah, the, for them, it yeah. was just another Tuesday being called the N-word. Yeah, you know, I can't hate on Leo for that. Leo, holy oh, yeah, shit. He, he, that was he a played great, great such role. an evil fucking person that's one of those so un, well. It's it, That's an undeniable Quentin Tarantino hit. Like, I could see why people don't like some of his movies because, like, they well, are... they're wrong, but... Yeah, <laughs> you know... Like, like, because, you know, a lot of people say he's a little bit unoriginal. You know, a lot of his movies are referential. But I, yeah. but I feel like they're referential in the cinematography and the music and stuff like that. But in the story, it's very original to me. I mean, like, well, he takes an idea whatever, and yeah. then he twists it yeah. in his own way. Yeah. Let's be honest. Every story. What's that idea? It's like there's eight different kinds of stories yes, that you can yes, do. Yes, I heard and that. And the thing is, is that he takes that idea and then puts his own judge on it. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's not, see, it's not even that crazy because he'll just be like, well, you know, instead of having two of the eights, or it, instead of just having one of the eight stories in a movie, we'll put two or put three. And, mm-hmm. you know, two of them will be a little sl- sub subplot that, you know, whatever will just end in someone dying, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and, you know, it works because not everyone's doing it. Everyone's just going down the lane and doing yeah. whatever. And, you know, that's why these rom-coms are a big example of just, you know, just, right down Broadway crap. Well, I mean, actually. one of the weirdest things with Love Actually is the the only plot that I cared about, I, I mentioned Alan Rickman a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, yeah. His plot in the movie... It was actually interesting. Yeah. Because he's a great actor and he well, knows it, how to deliver well, stuff like not that. Not just you know? that. It was just like, okay, so he's trying to help one of his coworkers get with this guy. There's a uh, secretary that he has who he's deciding whether or not he's going to have the affair that ruins his marriage. <laughs> and in the end, it doesn't matter whether or not he did. He got her a gold... <laughs> gold necklace for Christmas <laughs> and as his wife put it is my life just going to be worse from now on <laughs> and well no that one plot line in the movie is fantastic it's because it's like a real entire... moment in a schlocky movie yeah and then everything you know? else I don't give a flying fuck yeah, about yeah yeah and um see as good as it gets yeah it's it's like it's like marketed and telegraphed as a crappy, uh, very stupid movie, but it really takes real hard lefts and hard rights and and like I, see I wrote this down in my notes just just quotes I watched them all that, yesterday that Jack Nicholson because I said, knew we were going to be doing this today and I wasn't sure but just like you know just quotes oh man. <laughs> 
he goes up to Cuba Gooding Jr. and, and goes. Jack Nicholson says something horrifically horrific racist because he horrific. is he is ninety seven years old. Well, see, he was <coughs> in that movie. It was like nineteen ninety three or nineteen ninety seven. And he was still ninety seven years. He old. was like sixty something years old. But he goes, think white and act serious. And I was like, <laughs> what else? And then um, he was going on a road trip with a gay guy yeah. in the movie. And so he asks, I think, Helen Hunt's character to come with him. Because he goes... 84. Okay. Yeah. So, he, wait, as good as it gets? No, I'm saying oh. now. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's yeah, he's in his now. 60s, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, but he's going on a road trip with a gay guy. And so he asks Helen Hunt to come with him. Yeah. And he goes, I need a chaperone. I'm afraid he might pull us the stiff one eye at me. <laughs> and Helen Hunt goes, the stiff one eye? What is that? <laughs> And I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. And see, there's... And then the last the last quote where I was like, oh, my God. I wrote this down. He's introducing... Um, the Like, eventually, Helen Hunt comes on the road trip with him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, Jack Nicholson is introducing uh, Helen Hunt to this, uh, you know, gay character, his yeah. neighbor. And he goes, Carol the waitress, Simon the F word. F A G, and I, I was like, "Yo!" Like it's a very dated movie. Like it came out in like '97, I, but I hate like the fact very that, offensive in terms of things he says. You know, I I hate the fact that like you can't display a character like that in any kind of positive light. No, it's like you, I, like you don't have like uh, was that Al Bundy, the guy who was a old curmudgeonly bigot who also is just like, yeah, I don't like black people. This one's good. I don't yeah. really judge them by the color of their skin. I'm just saying I'm a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. yeah you see, uh, there is a redemptive ending with yeah. Jack Nicholson in this movie where he is a jerk and he does say bigoted things, yeah. but he is also deeply mentally disturbed yeah he has bad ocd and he seems to be autistic where like you know like some people say a uh uh a symptom of autism is like almost like you can never lie like whatever comes into your brain you're gonna say it because you know you just you you don't feel like you know uh ashamed of saying it or or i really hate the fact that anyone (laughs) brings up some point of uh autism and goes like well, it's not that I can't lie. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I have to start justifying. Yeah, that. yeah. I'm never going to the psychologist. Go on. <laughs> yeah, but um, he, he's, they they try and use that as a redemptive thing. Yeah, and it kind of works. And it is a wacky movie, but I highly recommend. But you know, it's almost like uh, unintentionally funny in a lot of ways. And and it, I I can't believe that Jack Nicholson won Best Actor for this. Like it's unbelievable, and Helen Hunt won Best Actress. Like in the same year, like it's it's it boggles my mind. And it was also you know nominated for Best uh, Best Picture and stuff like that. Just so weird, you know, because it's a strange, strange movie, you know. Yeah, yeah. But you know, forgetting Sarah Marshall, I like because it just twists a little bit. You know, you can still have the. You can still have the sentimental sentimentality, yeah. you know, the stuff the girls like and stuff like that, a love story, but have a raunchy, fun, actually funny thing with it. Yeah. You know? Like uh there's a little bit of an apatow quality to it where like there's a lot of riffing. Well, like uh I mean 
Segal is trained in the house of Apatow. Yes. Yep. He was. Yeah. He was. Uh, he was born in it. He was raised in it. You know. Seth Rogen didn't. No, he was Freaks in there and in the beginning geeks. too. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do any of them have any good careers at this point? I feel like Paul Rudd is the only one who we still see on a regular basis who isn't like, oh, Jesus, he's doing something again. <laughs> well, like Seth Rogen nowadays, anytime he does something, we're just like, we're really glad he got into pottery. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, his movies are corny, but have you seen his bongs? Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> American Pickle happened. Yeah, yeah. I still think it's ridiculous uh did you know his uh christmas thing that came out with sarah silverman right yeah right. yeah big you, controversy yeah because he said that it was uh the alt right stopping this and it's just like no i watched the trailer man <laughs> i didn't need to watch the show it was dog shit from the beginning um you see, I, so, sometimes I'm like, did he just mean that? As, like, was he joking? Because I don't nope. think there's a video about it. Did you I think also he wrote see, it on Twitter. Yeah. But then, like, see, you, you might read it on Twitter and be like, oh, he's pro- that's probably a fun joke. As a joke, that is kind of funny. Like, oh, this this only sucks because the alt-right. He also did it, the know? whole thing with, uh, like, the guy who got his car broken. What was that? Casey Neistat. Uh. was mad about his car being <laughs> broken into. Yeah. And yeah. And Seth he Rogen's was like, response was, Grow up, man. My car got broken into so many times. Yeah. It's just like, that. that's not a good thing. You shouldn't yeah. be like, well, it's fine. We shouldn't normalize that. Yeah. It's you know? like, <laughs> like, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, destruction of someone's personal. It's just like, yeah, no one wants that to happen to them. Yeah. But like when you think of that Freaks and Geeks crew. I need to rewatch that um, show. With James you. Franco is out of here. You know, you, okay. he has to step away for a while. Well, I mean, between you know. the sexual harassment and yes. alleged pedophilia. His uh. his brother, he might be okay. <laughs> you know, maybe not an amazing career, but he's married to, I think, a wonderful actress. I, I've i liked him in every role he's had. Really? Yeah, see, I don't, yep. I've not seen him in many things, so. Uh, he was my favorite character in the Scrubs reboot where he played this, like, oh surgeon in training who was just so fucking stupid and, <laughs> yeah, and see, there's, there's just one scene he's got like you know the tongue depressors a little popsicle six yeah he's got three in each hand and he just goes i'm dr wolverine <laughs> and it made me so happy yeah did you see the original scrubs how many times? Yeah, see, like that character's on def- TBS and he's Comedy definitely uh, he's watched like, like six episodes a day during the summer. That character's probably like a reboot of the uh, of the like the co-surgeon to Turk, the white guy with yeah, bandana. Yeah. That like but that, he that was growy the main, guy, he was a main character. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? You got to see him <laughs> like crazy. grow up in it. There, it was uh, back during the. Uh, I think it was the writers' strike, and because. Uh, Everyone was out of work. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What's his face? JD. Uh, oh, uh, Zach Braff. Zach Braff, yeah. Since he was the head writer on the show, he oh. he restarted all of it. He was one of the, he was like the lead producer on it. Oh. He helped direct a lot of the episodes. And it's just like, most of the people in that show were working actors as opposed to like big name people. Yeah. He was just trying to keep all of his friends employed. Yeah. Wow. Well, he, Zach Braff is a good guy, but he's a little. He cringe. seems like a good guy, he's but he's a little is cringe. Oh, a little. 
Yeah. You know, see... He's one of those people um, I would, like, gladly be friends with. Yes. But also, I wouldn't have him in most of my friend groups. Yeah. Um. What did you think of Garden State? I didn't watch it. Oh, okay. Well, I'll say pretty good, but... It might have that quality to it where I think it came out when I was like 14, 15 ish, yeah. you know, in high school. And I thought, like, wow, oh my God, this is so deep, indie, cool, you know, movie stuff. Yeah. And, you know, when you watch it later and, you know, you see how corny it is, you know, you see it from a different lens when you're older. And, uh, but I'd say solid, not terrible movie, oh. but, you know, it's almost like adults playing high schoolers, I, you know, like I, like depressed high schoolers. That's the problem with it. Like Natalie Portman and Zach Braff well, are just like <coughs> like lame weirdos in that. I'm afraid to rewatch Wes Anderson movies now because I watched The French Dispatch about a month ago. Yeah, back when I back when I had COVID, because <laughs> it's like I have all the free time in the world for two weeks. I'm going to yeah. watch this. And I didn't like the movie. Yeah, I, and I I know if like I watch it a decade ago, I'm like, this is amazing. Anyone who has anything negative to say about it is a piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's because he's kind of becoming a little bit unapologetically formulaic with his movies, where like huh. he has a, a very certain style and he follows it, and you know, but just puts different stories along with that, you know, style. Just, yeah, uh, but. I I don't know. I mean, the Royal Tenenbaums, I would say, has to hold up. Also, have you seen his earlier movies? Like I've uh, seen Rushmore. every single one. Okay, yeah, so Rushmore, definitely. Uh, Bottle Rocket. You know, but yeah. yeah, and see, you know, Bottle Rocket is so cool. That that that, that one was, you know, because it, it, that was a uh, yeah. uh, an indie well, one, the, mostly. Uh, Darjeeling Limited is considered his worst movie and like, generally speaking, it's considered his yeah. worst one, and it's supposed to be, like, a lot of people said, like, yeah, this is just about three rich, rich white guys going to India, and it's like, that's mm. exactly what this movie yeah. is. <laughs> that's like saying secession isn't good because they're all rich. You know, it's like, okay. Yeah, but that's like, the biggest complaint. It's just like, yeah, no, it's just like trying to whitewash India, just showing you, like, this idealistic version, and it's just like, I... If, yeah. if a group of white people are going to India, I hate to tell you this, <laughs> like especially like affluent white guys from New York City. Yeah. You know what they're doing? <laughs> they ain't going into the slums is all no. I'm saying. They ain't going to... Uh, yeah, they're going to the Buddhist temple. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, see, even Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou, critically... Pat. On Rotten Tomatoes, not high. 57, no. a shocking and 57. And I would say that was a very good movie. But I, I said a, when I was working as an engineer in college after I got our laser cutter working, Yeah, the first thing I did was etch like this like, portrait of Zissou with all these <laughs> quotes onto a chunk of wood. And that's what we showed as our example piece. <laughs> that's sick. Damn. Was so fucking cool. Yeah. I wish I still had it. <laughs> I was about to ask, yeah, but uh like I feel like once he got to like Grand Budapest Moonrise Kingdom era, that's when it got very I formulaic. S- I still remember going to see Moonrise Kingdom on a date. Yes. Yeah. And uh the girl started crying because <laughs> something like it as she said, it connected with her life and like these moments in it and 
That was the last time I went on a date with that girl. Also the first time. <laughs> What's weirder is she ended up marrying a friend of mine in high school. Like, oh, oh, in high school marriage? No, well, they <laughs> got together in high school. They married uh, when he got into the army. And wow. Now they're broken up, and uh, she's marrying... She's married to a guy now who looks like the morbidly obese version of one of our <laughs> other friends. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. It, it's it's a bizarre connection. That's weird. <laughs> what, what a life she's lived. That yeah. that one, you know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, back to forgetting Sarah Marshall. See, back to the just the freaks and geeks crew. Jason Siegel, he stepped back himself due to you know alcoholism and stuff. I didn't Ru- know that. I, Russell Brand seems to also be saying... He has a podcast Fuck now. you, main... Exactly. He's like a podcaster. Yeah. You know? And, and he's like... He's such a YouTuber now. Like, it seems I, like he's he doesn't want to be a comedian. He doesn't want to be well, an actor. It feels like ever since he... Like, I remember uh, one of my uh, teachers in high school being so happy that Katy Perry broke up with uh, <laughs> Russell Brand. And it's just like... Neither one of them seem like great people. Yeah. I don't know why you are championing <laughs> either one of them. That's kind of a lot of people were like, how could Megan Fox date Machine Gun Kelly, that crazy guy? I'm like, she's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, she's just as crazy as him. What are you, what are you nuts? You know, but uh, also both of them been involved with just as shitty of projects throughout yeah. the years. You know, Jonah Hill might be the most unlikely. He, he might, yeah, like like the the leader in terms of success being in his last uh, movie though. Scorsese. I like. Oh, which, which one was that? Don't look up. Oh yeah, I fucking oh, hated my that god. Movie. The first oh. half hour of that movie, I really enjoyed. I could do a whole thing about that. Jesus Dude, whoa, Christ! That movie. What did you think? Oh, I hated it. Thank I, you. I Anyone whose opinion it. I respect about movies did not like that. Yeah, I. <laughs> Hated it. it. There, like, there's this old timer who comes into work. Uh, I he came into work today and love this guy. He's, <laughs> he's old school New York. He's worked in restaurants. He's run a few. All this <laughs> stuff. Great guy. Uh, and I asked him about. Hey, I haven't seen you. Why? What you been up to? Well, yesterday I watched Don't Look Up. Oh, really? You see it? <laughs> yeah. I didn't like it. Neither did I. And he just nods his head and goes, "Good." Yeah, my dad watched it. Yeah, because uh, you know, like, I think you know, my dad was like, "Oh, it's on Netflix." And you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. You it's can't, got you, a you great cast. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. You can't go wrong. You know, like he, in almost every one of his movies, it's at least pretty good. Yeah, you know, but it's like, enough that you watch the whole thing and go like, "Ah, oh, yeah." This might not recommend it to anyone, but I don't. I think it did well. It was just shockingly cringy in the the plot. You know, Adam McKay is not good at making anything besides straight comedy. No, yeah, and um, exactly. Uh, Vice. What? What were? What was I just gonna say? No, uh, real quick with that. Um, that movie, like, it, it tries to like toe the line between serious, like, like no, this is a serious thing, and then these ridiculous, silly characters that well, do stupid shit that doesn't make sense. Like, well, you know, it, it, it's insane. You, you know? can't. The thing is, is that you can't have them that ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like, the plot was so bad that, like, I don't know if 
Leonardo DiCaprio could have overcame it. Like he's such a he's a good actor, and you know he can oh, no, elevate he, movies. I, I will but, say he was good in that movie. Yeah, I guess I guess he was good. Yeah, but like it's it's rant. See, but there's I, so, there's so I liked many, him at the beginning where it's Leonardo DiCaprio playing an unfuckable nerd. Yeah. Okay. Um, he's an unfuckable nerd, and then he. Like, okay, first of all, in the movie, there's, like, almost no, like, uh, like, they, 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 I had no idea he was married for a, a while in the movie. Like, he, he hooked up with the newswoman. It news wasn't woman. until you knew about, like, him, like, the newswoman liking him that you knew that he was married. Yeah. So, okay, they put that in a little late. Yeah, you and, knew he had sons, but you didn't know he was married. Okay, yeah, so... Again, there's a scene where, like, his sons are sitting on the phone with him, and there's a woman there, and I'm like, is that his aunt, his sister, cousin? I don't you, you know. You don't know anything about it. Um, there's also, there. I, I'm pretty sure there isn't a scene of him feeling guilty at all. Not well, until the very yes, end of the movie. the very end where he gets caught red-handed. Yeah, that's yes, it. That's which the would, only time. So that's the time. So, like, there's no guilt before that. He's a complete douche. Mm -hmm. But then he becomes a great guy. He sits with his family. And then, oh, and then to justify it in the end, his wife is like, hey, it's okay. I've already cheated on you with this guy at the grocery store. Like, it was something like that. And I was like. Yeah, and it's just. I was like, what? They forgot to tie that up. So they, they just yeah, added it. Like, it was that and. Like, you had the, I, every side character outside of the main cast was so goddamn ridiculous. Yeah, and, and just so cringy and unlikable. Uh, I, I did not like anyone in that movie. Um, Tyler I, Perry was in that, wasn't it? Yeah. Or am I wrong? That He was the, uh, yeah, he was, he was the guy the anchor, in drag. Right? What? No, no. No, just in every other movie. <laughs> he, he didn't make no. the movie, so. <laughs> no, but, like, yeah. I, I like Tyler Perry a lot in Gone Girl. It, I was anytime, like, wow. I was like, I had no idea he could be, like, a serious character. Yeah, this anytime he's good. not playing Medea, he's actually really, really good. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, wow, you know. And then he's in, an in amazing movie, actor. In this movie, I was like, oh, oh my God. Like, like. The whole movie, it was almost as if they, they had, like, a two-and-a-half-hour-long SNL skit, you know, like, with that yeah. type of tone in terms of, like, delivery. Yeah, like, and it, I understand it. Yeah. This is the way that people act about climate change. Guys, we need to do something about it. It's just like, yeah, but uh, you could have either made it a good movie. Yeah. Or a decent movie. <laughs> But instead, you decided, I'm going to make this so fucking ham-fisted yeah. that anyone who respected me beforehand no longer does. Yeah, Go make another Anchorman. It's weird how unlikable Meryl Streep was in, the, in that movie. Like, like, and it seems as if she's like stumbling lately she, in terms of movies she's done. She had another a different Netflix movie that... Apparently got very bad reviews. And I, I, didn't I forget watch. what the name of it was, but it did not get good reviews. Yeah, I watched the trailer for that, and I, I was like, "Ooh, I would watch this." Yeah, you know, but apparently it was bad. But like his la Adam McKay's last movie was Vice. Yeah, which I was so fucking hyped up for. <laughs> well, 
I, I just love the story of Dick Cheney because it's so fucking crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazier than you think if you don't know it. Yeah. But, you know, like. <laughs> but honestly, I could have watched. I enjoyed the movie, but I felt like they didn't expand on anything enough. That was yeah. my problem with it. It felt like half a movie. Yeah. And you see, when you look at his, like, like if you go to his Wikipedia page, which I have right here in front of me. Yeah. And you look at his notable works, like. You have Talladega Nights, Anchorman, the other guys, and then the big short Vice, Don't Look Up. For Don't Look Up, it almost seems as if like they t- tried to take characters from Anchorman and just put them in. That's what it felt like. In yeah. Vice, mix that together, and like, you know, oh, these crazy characters in the real world with real consequences. And, you know, it just was a huge swing well, I and think miss. the like, biggest thing was like in Vice, it was all in all a pretty serious movie yeah yeah and, definitely and a good performance right oh yeah it was say? fantastic yeah yeah but the thing was it definitely should have been i feel like that's one of those ones that should have been a series like i would have loved to watch each episode is like another decade of his life or something but you see, yeah. it's just like 10 to 20 minute clips as a movie so many series anyway are being shot as if they were movies that like yeah, you know, why not? Like, you could really develop a character better. Because you know? I would love to watch that. I mean, fuck, they did it with The Hateful Eight. Yeah. Ozark probably wouldn't work, you know, as a movie. Mm-mm. Or Breaking Bad probably wouldn't work as a movie. You know? Most but shows they, don't. They develop, uh, yeah, they develop these characters for so long, you know, it, it can be very, very good. H- have you ever seen The Big Short, Adam McKay? About uh, I Steve Carell, Christian Bale? But I was also... Uh, <laughs> Heavily intoxicated. <laughs> Did you see a drunk at the theater or just at home? I was drunk, <laughs> high. <laughs> I was trying to get with this girl. And oh, man. She was another film student who loved Adam McKay movies. And obviously, it's like for me, it's like, dude, you love Anchorman? We should watch this movie you just made. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she had never seen it. I had never seen it. And my worst part is we didn't even end up hooking up that night. It was oh. just Oof. like awkward conversation while we were both fucked up. <laughs> like we'd gone to a bar. We had smoked weed once we got back to my apartment and the movie was on. And it was just two very, very stoned, very, very drunk people <laughs> trying to like, there was no, we we're at the point where it's like, there's, like, sex neutral, like, not sex drive. It's like, it's there. We know it's there. But, uh, yeah, this is not going to happen. If there's too much motion, one of us is going to vomit. <laughs> yeah, that that's like an, an uncut gems type movie with the cinematography. You're like, holy shit, these guys are on Adderall. Yeah. You know, like, god damn. Sit down for a second. Have a, have a you know... Have a, a chill scene, God, <laughs> you know. That, that was the camera's such a not good moving. Movie. The Big Short, uh, said uncut gems. Oh yes, yes. Oh my God. I it's so divisive. It has like I watched ni- like three. I watched it three times in the course yeah. of like two months. Yeah, I I think I've seen it. Yeah, like five six times. You know what I don't like about it? What? Nothing in the movie. Just Julia Fox. Just as a person, you know, like she had never really done that much acting before, uh, you know, and uh, she was in that movie 
and now she's uh, a big celebrity. You know, like she's she's Kanye West's girlfriend. You know, it, Honestly, it's a whole thing. And she, I didn't even know her name. I think she was just, you know, she she's just. I'm a hot looking girl. at what she's been in, and yeah, that's literally her. Yeah, job. you don't remember her that well in the movie, right? Like, you know, she, she has a couple of scenes. You know, yeah, she's yeah. in it, but it's mostly a sandler. I, I had to look. Up <laughs> who she was when you said to hot, see what she looks like. like. Oh yeah, the, I know who you're talking. She was about. very, very, very hot. In that oh movie. yes, God yeah, damn. But that's the thing. It's you just know? like she she literally played a sex object in the movie. Yes, I, and that's the thing is I feel like they didn't cast an established actress. They st- cast a 28 year old woman who was you know a smoke show. You yeah. Know, at the end of the day, and like now her job was basically just yeah. Like, and now she's just totally she's she's a, she's a She's a fame hoe. I don't want to say fame whore. That sounds very ugly. But I she, feel you know, like fame hoe is worse. She's a star. I effort. feel like you're appropriating a culture by <laughs> no, saying fame. No, come ho. on. But you know, she's doing it all for the fame. She doesn't have any love for the craft of acting. You know, that's what I say. Well, I mean, she's no. That, Anya that was Taylor the movie Joy. that proved that like Adam Sandler is an amazing actor. Yeah, you know, see, people see Punch Drunk Love. And they don't believe that, you know, like some people didn't like that movie and they're like, oh, Adam Sandler's not a great actor. And I'm like, you people are crazy. You know, dude, I love that movie. My God. After watching that, it's like, I want to see him in some serious shit. And he does it very spottily. Yeah. And, you know. But when he does it, he fucking does yeah. it. Yeah. Do you ever watch uh, Half in the Bag? The, the or Red Letter Media? Oh, it's like a, I love it's like Red a movie. Letter. Yeah, yeah. Like I love their Star Wars. Yes. Okay. That, so. My friends and I, we, back during uh, one of these summer breaks, we were all taking, like, one class for the summer semester, and we watched all of it throughout a week. Yeah, what all the... so <laughs> much fun. All the Star Wars reviews, yeah. man, those are so the fucking four-hour-long yeah. ones for two-hour-long movies. Yeah, and, and like, um, they did a whole thing about Adam Sandler and how he's a fraud. Because yeah. when Jack and Jill came out, they were like, this movie is a scam. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, this this movie is not even a movie. And, like, when you look at the the budget for that movie, it's, like, 90 to to $100 million. Yeah. And I, I don't know if they made it back. I don't think they did. But, like, the whole movie is, like, an advertisement. Like, it, it's, like, like even Adam Sandler plays an ad executive in yeah. it. And, like, when you see the trailer or, or, you know, you think of the concept, you're like, Oh, they're gonna do this whole, you know, Lindsay Lohan and the Parent Trap thing. We're gonna do all these cool camera tricks, you know, with the twins, and it, it's gonna it be fun. Seventy nine million, yeah, one hundred and forty nine million. Oh wow! So they kind of just made it back, you know. Yeah. But like, you see, and that's the thing is, is he gets paid probably ten million for that. So yeah. like, he doesn't care if it doesn't make all the money. Oh, it's his production no company too. Yeah. Oh, see. Yeah. And Happy like, Madison. So he'll get. You know. Wow. Okay. So there you go. And yeah, like Adam Sandler. Just it's strange how, you know, that's his main deal, and he he almost had to be convinced apparently to do Punch Drunk Love, and the same thing with Uncut Gems. Yeah. Like oh, I love uh, what he said after that, where it's just like, if this doesn't get me a nomination, <laughs> nothing will. <laughs> Was his nomination or a win? I'm going to make more of the same shit that I've been making. And then Hubie Halloween came out. Yeah. (laughs) And I actually really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. See, see, that was a solid 
kind of like family-ish holiday well, comedy, felt like you know? One of the old school Sandler movies. Yeah, yeah. And it was <laughs> stupid. It was irreverent. He played someone who is uh, definitely on a spectrum or another. Yeah. And it was fun. Yeah. And like, uh, see, Paul Thomas Anderson has an interview where he was like, um, I wanted to make Punch Drunk Love, and I had to have Adam Sandler for it. I met him, and I just made Magnolia. And Adam Sandler was like, you want me to do that? You know, because Magnolia is a very actory movie. Yeah. Very, very actory and very dramatic. And he's like, I can't do that. He's like, you know, he's like, I'm a comedian. Like, I don't know. And, like, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson was like, no, no, no. You know, we're going to make you do your own thing. You know, but, uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's great to see, you know. You, you have lots of comics do those serious roles. Yes. Like, uh, what's his face? Jim Gaffigan played the Uber driver who kidnapped a drug dealer's baby. That one movie. Did you see it? No. I didn't no see one saw it either, it. but um, I would watch it. I'd yeah. Just to, you know, see how he does, you know. But uh, I, I, was he in Fargo or anything like that, Jim? Gaffigan? I feel like he's pale enough and Midwestern <laughs> yeah, enough to they, be in anything like that. Yeah, put him in something like that. That'll be great. <laughs> yeah. But, um, oh, man. Oh, have you ever seen, see, speaking of Freaks and Geeks weirdness the the freaks and geeks verse uh have you ever seen horse girl with allison brie who's allison brie is dave franco's wife from a community first of all i didn't realize that oh really second of all yeah (laughs) uh i envy him yeah yeah third of all i i recognize the name horse girl but i cannot connect it to a single thing the thing about it is it's one of these movies where um See, there's a formula for this. And I think someone on Red Letter Media said this. Yeah. They, they were like, uh, any movie that's like 75 to 90% critics and 50% audience, that's a great movie. Because like Hereditary is like that. Midsummer is like yeah. that. So you know it's going to be divisive. Horse Girl is extremely like that. Yeah. And like, I'm telling you an unbelievable performance from Alison Brie. You know, like, uh, it's a movie about her kind of breaking down and loneliness yeah. and... Mental health, all types of things, you know. I so I saw that uh, show. Uh, what is it? Glow. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was so mad that it got canceled before the last season. Really? They didn't tie it up. They just nope. canceled it. Three seasons in, canceled. Oh, that's and crazy. It's just like I was attached to these women's stories. Damn it. Yeah. I don't care that the two leads in it, the two women leads in it, are some of the most attractive women on the planet. But I was also just <laughs> it wasn't actually about emotionally. That. No, that's what it started as. I liked them. Because <laughs> I saw, I'm going to be 100% honest, I saw a clip on Reddit, and it's like, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> and then I watched it, and I became emotionally invested in that show and the various characters' lives. Like Mark Maron fucking is phenomenal in it and then every every character in that movie movie show I gave a shit about. Mark Marin is a very good comedian, sometimes actor. You know? Well like I saw the Sword of Truth. What is that? Oh, is that the cartoon? Uh no. So basically uh they this Mark Marin plays this guy who runs a pawn shop. Oh, I've heard of and, that. And yeah. uh allegedly the sword that it gets 
proves that the South won the Civil War. <laughs> and it was something like 90% improv for the movie. Wow. Was it good? It wasn't bad. <laughs> Damn, see, okay. Oh, you know, you're turning me plays, you're plays, turning me on to a great movie here because this this plays, follows the formula. 94% critics, 62% audience. That's how you know it's divisive. It's, it's I might inter- love it. It's interesting you know? to watch. That's yeah. the thing. It's because I went into there knowing that was the improv thing, in which case that's amazing mm-hmm. they made. If it had been written that way, yeah, it deserves nothing. Yeah. <laughs> See, there's a, there's a movie uh, that I think was shot like exclusively on like an iPhone seven. Yeah, but I'd really like to see. Like, uh, I I heard about that. Yeah, I I've not watched it, but you know, I bet you it's it's solid, not well, bad. You know? I remember in film school they used to talk like people are shooting movies on your, their phones. Like, you have no excuse <laughs> not to do it. It's just like, well, I can't convince seventeen people to even be near each other. It's like, okay, yeah, it's like. You can shoot it on your phone. That's just one part of it, though, because there's lighting and there's the sound and there's, you know, the, the, the music yeah. and there's all types of others. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll shoot it on my phone, I, but then there's like 500 other things I have to do. Well, so that's, like, I, I understand, like, like, the biggest thing with doing something is the obstacles you put in the way. Yeah. But also, uh, I can't find someone who can even be an actor in something because anytime I try doing that stuff, it's like, hey, I can't make it. Sorry, uh, I I can make it like an hour. Like and it's just like, yeah, you know, logistics come into play that are unforeseen constantly. Yeah, see, Martin Scorsese. I think I'm 99 percent sure it was him. He had like one of his earlier movies. Uh, he made it with Harvey Keitel, and this yeah. was like the movie that like got him Mean Streets. Yeah, you know. Also, uh, I still in this thing, I'm imagining guy with a 20 year old body and a 78 year old face (laughs) yeah yeah i mean that's harvey cartel yeah but um he had to shoot it like on weekends yeah because everyone had a day job and and, you know no one can like you know you have to do day scenes and stuff so like harvey cartel would come back with like different haircuts yeah you just have to shoot it anyway (laughs) like his his dad like something like took out a second mortgage on the house to make it all this like and, you know, it eventually, I think, got him more movies or jobs on movies. But, yeah. you know, that's a tough thing to do. I you mean, know, it's it was, tough to, to make a great product because at the end of the day, they had to reshoot it to distribute it because, like, it was not good in its original I mean, original I still form. remember in college, like, I was the only person without an internship in, like, the friends they had <laughs> there. And it's like, I don't have a car. I can't afford a car. I can't afford... Like, all my summer classes were coming out of, like, uh, my grandparents, uh, like, so, what they left me. Wow. And my brother from Inheritance, college. yeah. That, it was just enough to cover that, plus, like, the my normal semesters were covered by the state. Yeah, you see so that? I couldn't afford to, like, take an internship where I wouldn't be in class and it wouldn't be covered under everything else it's like i do not have enough money to do this (laughs) yeah you see the see this is a weird analogy to make but like uh you know film is almost it's almost like sports a little bit where like you know it's almost like it's like hockey or football like they wonder why there are not as many like black athletes in in hockey and football why 
It's because football. Well, yeah, in fo- in fo- at the lower levels, football, I guess football. It's because it's um, it's about size and athleticism mostly. Yeah. But like hockey, baseball. There's not a lot of African American people in those sports. It's because it takes a lot of privilege. You know, like yeah. the kids in your class who had cars and like their dads got them these internships. Yeah. Like there, it's so much easier for them because like. You know they I mean, can talked about it before. Yeah, here. I didn't realize I was poor till I got to college. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's like, oh no, we're living the good life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, and and then you see these other kids who are driving freaking Mercedes Benzes in 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 college. And oh, you're just like, driving a oh, car. Wow. Yeah, like you know, and like you see some kids. My who's first like, car cost me two thousand dollars. Like in in sports like like hockey and baseball, there's a lot of equipment. Being involved and like you know, you have to buy new bats and new hockey sticks and skates and cleats and all this stuff. So like you know, sometimes like underprivileged people, you know, like uh, you know, African Americans sometimes are you know, yeah. obviously in you know underprivileged neighborhoods, it's a lot easier to do basketball because it's just you and the ball. Yeah, that's it's, it. The whole equipment is just the ball. You know, like and film is not like that. You know, like there, there's there's no way you could do it yourself. Yeah, you, know? you would have to have like a crew. Of at least ten, and then like yeah. all the actors, you know, like movies are such a team effort that you know, and you want to do it with the right people, you know, you can't just do it with anyone. Yeah, yeah, that's the tough part. But you're you're writing stuff, aren't you? Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. trying to do. Do you write screenplays at all? You, I mean, on you and off, I keep show. on. Anytime yeah. that I start writing one, like <laughs> I had one that was really going, I really liked where it was going. It has been sitting open on my <laughs> desktop right behind me, I should add. And it's just like. I'll I, get to that. I, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah, but how old are you? you 26-ish? 27. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So you're getting older and more mature every day. But, yeah, you know. I started yeah, doing this when I was 26. You're going to start experiencing life more and more every day. And, you know, it'll it'll finish up your script eventually. You know, it'll it'll bring some type of resolution, you know. But, um, but yeah, like when you're applying for like a writing job, like are you writing like an episode of a show or just I'm like writing a skit? skits, yeah. uh, packets, like depending. I've mostly tried for like the late night sketch comedy stuff where yeah. it's like, yeah, I can write like a five to seven page script that resolves itself pretty fast. Wow, man. that And that's got to be, do you think that's an extra challenge because it is short and, you know, it has to resolve itself. It has to be funny, you know, and it has to be only these five to seven pages so that you I know, can do that. That's no problem. You think that's way well, easier? The I I talked about it with Dave on mm-hmm. the last podcast. Uh, like I, so when I first started doing comedy, mm-hmm. I thought it was purely about producing the most material. Oh, nothing else. <laughs> so for my first eight months, year of doing comedy, something like that, mm-hmm. I hit a new five minutes every single week. And I've just built that into me now where I can just, like, I can do an entire, if I want to, I can do an entirely new set. Yeah. And out of, like, uh, <laughs> that belch was brought to you by Sweet Action <laughs> Is by that, was Six it Point IPA? Brewery. <laughs> well, there you go. Anyway, uh, but, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I I built that into me. So, like, I can crank out material, like, 
uh, I told you before we started this, like I've been applying for the writing jobs. And yeah. I, it's like, yeah, I in the last three and a half weeks, I've done about 40, 45 minutes of new material. Oh, wow. The thing is, though, is maybe five, three to five minutes of that is actual usable stuff they can build upon it and have in an act. Well, yeah, I mean, you do have 40 then of stuff to work on. Which yeah, that's could, the thing. could end up something, but yeah. And, and the All thing I know about is it, that anytime I try to talk about George Washington Carver, it never goes anywhere. <laughs> and I just think it's amazing that he he got into Black History Month with like, civil rights leaders and abolitionists. I That's th- my thing. I think I'm it's still cr- confused about I that. Think it's he crazy. saved America from the Dust Bowl. We're going into this now. Anyway, you see, keep going. You see, that's exactly. You see, when you learn about George Washington Carver, you're like, he invented peanut butter. And you're like, oh, but then you never go deeper into it where he might have saved the country. Oh, see, like, that, that's know, the like, thing. Like, the you the know, like, joke at the end of all of this, Dave. It's like, that's what you attributed him to, peanut butter? Like, Dave, he saved us all. Dave what Colombo had... The best input on that that I've gotten is just like the funniest part about all this is you've done all this research into him, <laughs> and what you've gotten is nothing that works. But the joke is the amount of time that you put into a joke that doesn't work. Yeah, but you know, yeah. see, so you started off talking about this. You were like, I thought the the, the be all end all of comedy was just material yeah. output. It's it is that is a big part of it, but it's not all of it. Like. There are people, like, you know, because at a certain point, you have to do bringer shows. At a certain point, you have to learn to, like, market yourself and all this. Like, there's this other random side stuff that, like, even if you're a a material machine where, like, you're cranking out shit, you might get outdusted by some, you know, good-looking girl that just, you know, knows how to market herself, gets on TikTok, and has a cool series, you know, based on a meme, you know? Like, but it's it's tough. I think it's going to be tough for comics that... I don't know if it's like like I don't know if that TikTok thing is my style. Like I've I've started doing the TikTok stuff. I don't have any type of hate for anyone who would do it. Like it, it's smart to do it or start I, a YouTube channel, something like that. But like I don't it's whatever you know. Like I don't like a lot of the stuff on TikTok. But that said, this is this is show business. It's yeah. a stupid thing that any of us decide to do. I deleted TikTok off my phone because it like, takes up my time. I like, need to, like, I need I'll to sit post up watch. my water reviews. I've got five of them now. <laughs> oh, you have, oh, oh, damn. See, now you're going to, you're going to get me back. But like, I just watch it too much. Like, like I'm watching it and not recording myself or putting myself on it anyway. So I'm like, this is kind of redundantly stupid. <laughs> and I, Ten you know. says the, I only have one thing posted. Ten bucks says, there's only one view. I know exactly who that is. <laughs> I have see. I put up random videos, and and I had you know eight hundred views. So you never know. You might have broken a thousand. You know, for all you know, <laughs> you know. But yeah, the TikTok era. <laughs> that that's the mash theme song. Did you get any? How many views do you have? Holy fuck! I have five hundred sixty-two views see, on this that's shit. See. You see, yeah, and and this is you fucking know, stupid. Was it was it a stupid video, like, or did you did you put something? Take into a it? look. Did you? Care? I, I found a five guys hat on the train tracks. Oh, I saw. I, yeah, I saw this on yeah. your Instagram. Story. Yeah, yeah, and just thought it was funny. See, yeah, see, they're either is, dead or they see, quit. You got five hundred views off just some randomness. And I just thought it was stupid. You you know, if you put a little bit of work in it, people appreciate it. God, and I you fucking might, hate having you know, to put work into anything. Yeah, like. 
that guy. Chris, what do you think I do with these? They're <laughs> pretty much free for. Yours is the only one that I actually put effort into. What? Oh yeah, because you have to watch movies. Yeah. I, yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> just like, hey, I'm doing my regular stuff. Do you want to come talk about the things that we're doing? Yeah. Well, we should have one of those. You know, where we're just talking about, the th- but, but we end, we just end up falling into that. Yeah, that's anyway, the thing. So that's you know, what we're doing right now. You know, we just we jump off movies where you know, yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I realized watching Phantom Thread, what a God, I might have a, a touch of autism uh, because well, like, you know, every, if you chew loud me, loudly around me, I'm going to freak out, you know? Well, like I, I don't know about you, but I have a lot of movies that I really enjoyed in theaters, like some of the Avengers ones. Ooh. And then I, afterwards, I'm thinking about it and I enjoy it less. Yes, less. yes. Phantom Thread, just talking about it now, I'm realizing how much I love that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, and... um. Yeah, see, the Avengers Endgame was just like that for me. I was like, wow, that was very good. Wow, wow, that was great. And then I watched it a couple more times, and I was like, <sighs> I was like, wow, they oh, they really just... Do you remember when the you know? first Avengers came out, and that was such hot shit? Yeah. It was like, oh, my God, you have to... St- it's a... Dude. You watch it now, it's it's weird. I, well, I tried watching it when it came out on video, <laughs> when it wasn't the event that it was. Yeah. But, it see, Avatar was like that. I never Jim. watched Avatar. What? I had I, no interest. What? I saw the trailer. Oh, my God. And it's I, so my weird. my first thought was, wow, this looks bad. You know, you had a very advanced taste. See, that was 2009. So you were like, what, 14, 15? Yeah. See, that was like a film event. Like, it was like the new James Cameron movie in the craziest well, I didn't IMAX know who James 3D. James Cameron was. That's see, yeah, because you know you're just you're learning your own taste. Like you for know? me, I, it's weird. I grew up on like the old movies my parents watched. Like I knew what the Dirty Dozen was when I was like six years old. Yeah, uh, I knew. <laughs> like I was watching uh, fucking Coen Brothers movies with my dad. I still remember. That's awesome. Like <laughs> Blood Simple was one of the first movies I remember seeing. Wow, that's so cool. You grew up on. On the Coen Brothers, you know? Yeah, my dad fucking loves them. I grew up more mob movies, Scorsese I, and I, Coppola. I didn't really know? have any mob movies, but, like, yeah, the see, old westerns and stuff, like, uh, what is that? The, uh, I was about to say the Fantastic Five, Ridiculous Six. Uh, oh, yeah, see, the, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. The what was super that? cool seven? Magnificent Seven. Oh. <laughs> I've seen every single one of those, including the remake of it, because I fucking love the original Magnificent Seven, like Yul Brynner in that movie, is so fucking badass. Yeah, you see th- that. That's funny because you know, like you're from Texas, you know all the the westerns. Well, I'm from New York, I know all the mob movies. Well, it's like I <laughs> you know, know like, the westerns. Like I saw that movie Patton. Yeah, uh, when I was like maybe seven or eight years old, because my mom. That's crazy. My mom fucking loves war movies and shit. Did you like it? Yeah, I've never I've never seen it, but you know, like I know it's a classic, and and but like I can't imagine being seven and being like, whoa, (laughs) like because it's like three and a half hours long. I think part of the thing is is that with the like famous movies I saw, I was fucking spoiled. Yeah, yeah. No matter the contextualization of Gone with the Wind in this era, because holy fuck, uh, (laughs) yeah, it's still. An epic in American yeah, cinema. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, see, yeah. Again, yeah. Uh, it, it does have some. It when if when you watch as good as it gets, it's the same type of thing. Like you know, there are some off color jokes in that of the time that obviously now we wouldn't. I would never agree with, but you know, 
That was a great movie. Yeah, it was pr- pretty to, great. You, you know? ever try to rewatch uh, Gone with the Wind and you see every scene where they're just this close to calling a black character yes, at the N word? The only black character. <laughs> yeah. And you know, she wasn't invited to the premiere. I Ka- where Ka- you know the, the it was my mother's f- probably still is my mother's favorite movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I remember seeing it and being so surprised and amazed by it. But with the whole Avatar thing, that was one of those things where like in theaters in IMAX 3D, yeah. it works very well. But if I showed it to you on DVD, and even if we had a 3D TV yeah. where we put on glasses. You would be like, dude, this is a waste of our time. Dude, you know, I this saw is- The Hobbit so many times at <laughs> IMAX. I was working at a museum that had like the full half dome IMAX theater, and that movie is amazing. Yes, in IMAX. Also, it does not hold up outside nope. of IMAX. Yeah, I completely agree. You see, one of those things when I was in community college, Nassau, two thousand eight, The Dark Knight was out. And right next to Nassau Community College is the, like, Nassau County Aviation Museum. Yeah. And there's a big dome IMAX screen. And they they basically... There's always that museum. Yeah. And you see, it's one of those things where they never actually played movies until The Dark Knight came out. Because they were like, can you imagine how much money we could make? Like, there's people lining up around the block to watch this movie. Like, I, I skipped class so many times. To watch The Dark Knight. I think I saw it 15 times Jesus. in IMAX or something. I'm not even sure. Like, no exaggeration. Like, I, I think I crazy. may have seen that it, that many times in total. <laughs> yeah, I, I might have seen The Dark Knight, like, 40-ish, maybe. Like, I, I had to, like, pump the brakes and it's, be like, stop watching it every I, year. I'm still you know, like, convinced it's probably the best superhero movie. Yeah, because it's not so, you know. Like, again, Christopher Nolan has this whole thing where it's like he's trying to be smart. Yeah. But... You know, for for some reason it works very well in that because all the other superhero movies are like trying to be corny and likable and marketable well, and and this weird thing. Like my, you know? I would say like comic book movies that Scott Pilgrim, yeah, which was like the book was originally made almost like a video game or a movie. Yeah, like it's almost shot for shot the same in mm-hmm. a lot of scenes. You have that. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse, I fucking loved. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, man. See, that's one of the best. Well, that's the thing. They took the one corniness, the, most... the silliness of the comics, and they said, no, we're not going to try to make this our kind of silliness. We're not going to try to make this, like, uh, dark and gritty. Exactly. We're going yeah, to just yeah. accept the fact that this is this is a comic book. This is... Yes. We can have, have spider fun with pig. this. Yeah. yeah. Or Spider-Ham, something. Sp- that was so great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, John Mulaney yeah. really did a great did a great one on that. But yeah, like you know, rare com I don't know comic book movies. You know, I I like them. I like Marvel. I feel does a great job. Like um, I feel like that. Have you ever seen Captain Marvel? No. <laughs> um, Captain Marvel. It's one of those things where like That's people. A great shot. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> Post it, whatever you want to do, but. Uh, Captain Marvel, I feel like, is like a demonized movie where, like, when you watch it on your own and you don't think of any of the context behind it, yeah. you're like, oh, it's de- oh, it's a decent, I just didn't like Brie very Larson's watchable whole thing. With the see, same problem I had with, uh, like, what's his face, Seth Rogen, the Christmas stuff. It's just like, well, this, like, girls, exactly. girls will yep. like this. Guys are just yep. being me. And it's just yep. like, it, you, you know what the problem is? It's like, it's over. Like, why can't it? Why not its own merit? Yeah, like 
there's like an over marketing of movies right now where we can't just let it be itself. And it's like, it's almost like movies like that. Like, I don't know. There's they're comic book movies, whatever, but like, let it breathe. Let it be what it is. Let people decide what it is. Cause like they, like Marvel and Disney were like buying tickets for like all girls, high schools and, and, and schools for like them to go see captain Marvel and they, they do the same thing with Black Panther. Like, they use this, like, marketing exploitation and where, like, it's, like, just let it be what it is on its own because then other people, like, you know. Uh, I mean, look at me. I am I am the brightest shade of fucking pale. <laughs> yeah. And I had so much fun watching Black Panther. Yes, yes, yes. <coughs> and, you know, it's, like, you're the best thing you can do is what. See the way they make the movies is it's it's decent because like they they are jumping off from the comics yeah. in a good way like the way DC is not doing dude Killmonger in that movie so funny. yes yeah good cool. villain shit a uh, a rare memorable villain yeah in in uh in in Marvel because even Loki wasn't really that memorable until like it, you know the TV series for me I don't know I like, like his whole thing was basically. I'm not really the antagonist. I just happen to be working for the antagonist. Yeah, yeah. Playing second fiddle to a guy who makes aliens come out of a wormhole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't know the over marketing of movies. It's gonna. It's I don't know what what's, what what the end game of that is gonna be. You know, well, like they're gonna. It's not the over marketing. It's the hyper focused. I feel like. I mean, like. Going back to the Captain Marvel thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I know so many guys who went out to see that because I'm a feminist. And <laughs> it's just like, really? Do you, do you actually watch feminist film or do you just say that because there, there's a lady superhero? Yeah. Um, if you like feminist film, damn it, watch Wild with Reese Witherspoon. You ever watch- see that? I, I haven't. It's Go very watch good. Girlhood, this oh. French movie. It's so fucking good and breaks your fucking heart. I want to check that one out. Sounds good. It is. That sounds like, see, like a film school pick. Yeah, it is. You know, and like, it's, it, it's about like this uh, girl who grew up in like a Sangalese ghetto in France and how she gets involved with the gang. She felt so lonely before she had her friends, but everything keeps on falling apart around her. She ends up alone once again. Wow. And it it just, it kills you watching that movie. Wow. And it's like, this is feminist film. Yeah. It's not, it's not the Marvel schlock. Yeah. Like uh, the, the movie Wild with Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Very, very good. It, you know, it, uh, she plays like a, a woman who, a uh, former drug addict, mm-hmm. trying to get clean by going through this unbelievable wilderness trail. Like yeah. like a like a hundred mile long like across multiple states and stuff and she was it like, like the Appalachian Trail or yeah something? something like that like I can't even imagine doing that like she did it all on foot and yeah. you're like you're camping and there's campsites and stuff like that it's just it's a, it was a very very good movie yeah I, I saw that in theaters yeah very good but you know yeah to make a comic book movie fucking all messagey it's a fucking I, comic book movie. Yeah, let us have fun, damn it. You see, that's that's why, okay, the best part about Spider-Man, did you see the new, newest Spider-Man? Yeah. No Way Home? Yeah, yeah. See, the best part about that is is it seems as if they're like, fuck it, let's just do whatever. You know, like, let's just have all three Spider-Man in the same movie. Why not? That would be fun and funny and cool. Like, I, it's a comic book thing. First of all, thing, this is going to you know? sell 
like hotcakes. Yeah, going yeah, great. you know, whatever. Second just all, do it. It's just gonna be. It's gonna be fun for anyone who watched those movies, and that's what's also gonna sell it. That's why, yeah. That's why again, back to Michael Bay. You know, he's like Marvel are making movies for a certain type of thing. Yeah, and it, you know, it's a roller coaster. It's just, you don't want to ride a roller coaster every like day of the week. The marketing God, of it, damn it, kills me. You know. It's just the, the just the over marketing, the all, all the bullshit that comes, all the stories to, that that come along with every movie are always so silly. Like, oh, no. they offended the Chinese with Shang Chi. <laughs> they had to change it, and uh, Shang Chi, amazing movie, great. I great. didn't like it. Really? Yeah. Oh man, I loved. I like the ending with the with the you know the. I think it was a dragon thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked it. It wasn't for me. I liked it. I thought it was I, good. I think I I need to. Watch that in a different mood because yeah. I watch it right after a night of bombing. Oh, okay. I think that I think you know that what? might be part of it because I love those old school kung fu movies and it had a lot of that in there. And I like the fight scenes and stuff, but like I wasn't keeping track of the story. I was just going, oh my god, I can't even jump off the roof here. I'll just get <laughs> injured. <laughs> I just break both my legs. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> that. That was like the kind oh, of mindset man. I was in when I watched it. I should definitely rewatch it. You, yeah, maybe because I had a very similar situation like that yeah. where I uh, bombed all day. Yeah, came home, I had a headache, and then um, I think it was like the night that Bill Burr live at Royal Albert Hall came out. Yeah, and I watched it first like twenty twenty five minutes, and I hated it. I was like, "What the? F-? I was like, this stinks." Well, I t- turned it off. And then, you know, I saw the reviews of it a little later, and people were like, it was amazing. And I was like, oh, man, I think I was in a bed. And then, again, I, I watched I, it again. I remember it was amazing. watching uh, Louis C.K.'s, not his newest special, the one before it, mm-hmm. uh, Sincerely. Yes. Uh, I watched that after a shit day, and I fucking hated it. <laughs> hated it. Did you watch it again? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and you liked it, right? We are the nine eleven deniers. <laughs> so, yeah, well, it's a Chinese person. It's a. Uh, it, it's just the way they speak. They grew up. <laughs> they grew up in a rough area, and. <laughs> you know, I've still never seen either of them. I'm so like, oh, dude, uh, removed from it. He was my a- favorite. After, a- after this, uh, go watch it. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, give me your email. I have oh. both of them. Also, uh, Spotify has Sincerely on That's awesome. Oh, you see, okay. Um, Spotify has both of them? Oh, wow. You see, I no, think... No, ju- just the Sincerely, not I, the newest Yeah, one. I wouldn't mind even listening to it, but... Uh, the 9-11 uh, deniers bit is great because my <laughs> his daughter... He's talking about his daughter talking about the 9-11 deniers. <laughs> we do not believe in the number 11. <laughs> But my favorite was, uh, you ever see Live at the Comedy Store when he did? So Louis C.K. is my favorite comedian. Yes, so there you go. The, You've seen it. I have seen everything he has ever done. The, I realized one of my bits, I was ta- I was doing this bit, it's like, so uh, growing up Lebanese in my neighborhood was really rough. Uh, <laughs> the uh, None of my friends were Lebanese. None of my teachers were Lebanese. Oh, my neighborhood was Lebanese. My parents weren't even Lebanese. <laughs> I wasn't Lebanese. <laughs> and I realized that I I was... The original thing was that uh, our buddy Talal was uh, 
doing a couple of bits about being Lebanese, and I was just <laughs> trying to be silly after him, and it worked well after I did it one time. That's so directly funny. Directly after, and then I re-listened to it, and it's just like, oh my god, I just did a Louis T.K. bit. It, is it? Did he in the bit say Lebanese? Uh, no, he said uh, Chinese. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's oh man, so he's a genius. Goddamn! And like, it was just such it's such <laughs> a good bit. The live at the comedy store bit, the one where he's in the cabin and then there's a bat. Yeah, that one is the you remember because like the guy he's like the guy walked in and just he picked it up. He yeah. just he just picked it up and walked out. And I was like, holy shit! Like that that guy. I was on the floor with one that. of my like, favorite you know, it's bits. Like she got bit. <laughs> Buy a pony. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't just tell her that. Like, well, no, ponies don't do that. Uh, you, they just think you're shitty. <clears throat> yeah, you know out, they do that all the time. Ponies bite everyone. Yeah, Louis uncancelled himself. He has a movie coming out. Did you hear about that? Nah, you didn't hear about that. What freaking? He has a movie coming out. Is um, it the one that he was going to release like three years ago? No, no. <laughs> that one, see, I don't think, like, it would be crazy to unearth that. Like, if you could find it, like, hack something, like, and, and somehow find that. Because, like, that never came out because, like, like hack the whole cancel. to a lot more than hack him. The whole cancellation story came out, like, right as that movie was about to come out. Yeah, I remember. And it was already about, like, him being with a much, much younger woman, yeah. like in a Woody Allen-style movie. But, so, you know, like, I don't know, it's crazy, but, like, he has a new movie coming out where Joe List is the star. I heard about that yeah. from Joe List. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah I and, heard about uh, it on Joe Renat Talk I, Movies. I don't even think that... Uh, this is not a... This is not a derivative show based on that. I started doing this before I knew about Joe Renan Talk Movies. And also, even if it is, Joe List hates... The Sopranos and other movies that are great, so I don't respect his opinion. Wait, on wait, movies. did you like the Sopranos movie? No, no, okay, no. Good. it's not that he didn't. No, see, Joe Thanks List constantly God. says that he hates the Sopranos, and I'm like, are you nuts? <laughs> like, I, you see, if he watched the first episode and then didn't watch anything else after that, I get why you hate it. Like, I, I was totally, drawn in in the first episode, but the, but it totally shifts. You know, like, yeah. like the first episode is a little bit lighter, and it's then a it fucking goes pilot. Very do- exactly, yeah, yeah. Like, you, you watch the first episode of Community. Yeah, yeah, and the thing, the first episode of Sopranos is weirdly like shot like a pilot. Yeah, and, and so you know, and then there was a big. It's seventy three dollars, and all of it went to paying <laughs> yeah, for yeah. like Joe Gandolfini's like deli platter. Yeah, and uh, Joe Gandolfini, he'll yeah. he'll kill me from the grave for that, <laughs> James. Yeah, Jimmy Gann. No, but uh, yeah, I I am excited to see this new Louis C.K. movie. I can't imagine what the, what it's going to be like. You know, it's you know, I I don't know. It's going to be Joe List trying to convince his older friend that he's to stop masturbating yeah. all the time. <laughs> That's the entire movie. It's him going to meetings like for sex addiction, and it's just like, "Hi, my name is Louis." And uh, I like to jerk off. <laughs> yeah, well, he got burned, that guy. Poor Louie. I don't know. I I feel bad, but maybe you should have known better. You know, it, as much as I loved you and would like to defend you, I, I am also like, 
Uh, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's too controversial even for me to speak on. Too too crazy. I'm just a stupid man. What do I get to say? You know? Maybe just... Don't jerk off in front of people. Yeah, that's a simple one for me. I'll take that one and anyways, take this it with podcast is gonna take a strange turn because I want your reaction to something. What? I- what are you about to do? <laughs> <laughs> take your pants off. Well, we're about to become a lot more intimate than that. Why? Well, Louie did it when he was successful. <laughs> you see, that would not work on me because you have no power over me. I would just be like, what the hell, man? It, I'm not gay. I, I <laughs> love the fact that... I would that just say, I'm even sorry, though, Joe. I can't have gay sex with you. <laughs> I, you know? I just need you to watch. I don't like being alone. <laughs> oh, okay. See, yeah. even that? You see, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what Louie did. He was like, listen, I, I don't even want to bang you. I just want to masturbate in front of you. And I, I just be like... No, <laughs> you know, like, uh, but yeah, you have no power over me, Joe. So, you know, if you were a, b- well, actually wait, you're Holy on my shit. podcast, motherfucker. Oh man. And yeah, you're, my home. you're a producer of a show. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Let me tell some jokes in front of some people, man. Damn. Shout out mayhem comedy. <laughs> I'll watch Joe masturbates to get five minutes on the show. Holy shit. I was going to give you Damn. 10. Now we're just. Woo! Oh, you're selling yourself short, buddy. Yes, I mean, I'm cheap. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, Louie. God. All all of our best, all all the best guys. You see, you even said that earlier. All of the best guys have a huge tinge of weirdness, you know? I tried to do a bit about it where I was like, where I was like, uh, you know, this whole thing, Whoopi Goldberg. Like, she had a horrible, crazy, out of left field opinion where it's like, and it's don't funny you, as shit. Don't but, you? Uh, exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you have a sense of humor about it. But, like, I really believe that, she, you know, she's just a famous person who is completely detached from everyday realities. Yeah. So, like, you know, let's give her a pass. You know, I, I really enjoyed Sister Act. I don't want to cancel her forever. You know, like, like. You know, can 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 we bring some people, you know, Louis C.K., bring him back, you know? Like, How'd you feel about Sister Act 2? I, I don't know. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't think anyone did. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, uh, she's just a dumb old celeb. You know, just like we were saying earlier, these people have a, a twinge of weirdness that we can, they cannot well, overcome. There's also the thing where it's just like, they're also just a person. They're going to, ha- like, you and I, I guarantee you we have some opinions that if we said them out loud, we would be so hated. And here's another thing. Those people are just people, just like you said. And you could end up just like, like you could end up doing the same things that they do. You know, like if either of us get famous, I guarantee you if you go back 10 years, you know, like from whatever, when we're famous, like, We'll look at ourselves and be like, oh, my God, wow. We were so in touch back then, you know? Yeah. Like, we're so weird now. Like, you know, I'm going to be, like, all crazy, like uh, like Reynolds Woodcock and Phantom Thread. I'm going to be like, don't stop chewing so loud and, like, kicking people out of rooms. Like, if I ever become famous, I might become a tyrant. So, you know, like, <laughs> like I-, I need people to be around me that will keep me in check. You know, I'm going to keep you around. You you and Riyadh, you know, I- I'm yeah. sure you guys will be like, yo, Stop! What are you doing? You're acting like a child. You know, 
I could see myself. I identified with with uh, Reynolds way too much. You know, <laughs> that uh, that weird autistic thing. I don't know. Once again, anytime anyone brings up autism, it's just I don't like talking about it because any time it's just like, well, I do that. <laughs> yeah, you see, uh, I think Mark Normand and Joe List on Tuesdays with Stories talked about that yeah. where they were like, people call me autistic. It's like, why? What? Because I uh, can't look you in the eye for too long. I don't understand. You know, that seems normal. It's just awkward. You know, like, yeah. why, why is that making me autistic? I, you know, I have a job. I'm not. I'm not screaming. You know, like, because there are people with advanced autism where it affects their lives and they can't well, have jobs you know like you you heard about what happened with uh people with asperger's right what it's cured oh really how uh because they no longer have asperger's it's a form of <laughs> autism wait, wait oh so asperger's on this, is not... it's not a thing anymore it's they they're a part of the spectrum oh. and i knew a number of people back in elementary middle and high school who had such severe Asperger's they could not function in oh, real life. Yeah, you see, I thought Asperger's was almost like, I think I might have gotten it reversed a little bit, where it was like you're still functioning. It's like it's like the low oh, no, end it's of the, the autism. High, okay, it's so the, yeah, it, then it's like the opposite end of the, so yeah, they, what, they just qualified You aren't riding that. on the short bus, you are driving it. So <laughs> it's weird that they would By disqualify the way, that, that just got me canceled <laughs> anyway <laughs> no but for real though like uh i still remember Catherine doe i was in middle and high school with her and there is absolutely no way she could function in real life yeah you know and you see in see that edge of it is is so tragic and horrible that like when you go to a roast battle or like you like you watch like Comedy Fight Club, yeah. like one of these like New York City roast things, like every joke is this guy's autistic, this guy's you know it has Asperger, like it's such like a go to joke now, like that, that it's it's weird, you know, like but in the movie Phantom Thread, you definitely have uh uh what's his name Reynolds Woodcock suffering <laughs> from. Some form of autism, like a like 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 that low end of the spectrum of it, where like you might have just a couple. Of, I mean, look at Seinfeld. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, see another guy just like that, you know, extremely fussy, neat, neat, very neat. Yeah, you know, just you know, I don't think they're sick. I think they're just a little bit, you know, like they want things a certain way, you know. <laughs> and also, if you ever listen to him talk, he's a very specific cadence for every single thing he says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I don't even That's know. That's a guy I'd love to see in something like Uncut Gems. Seinfeld in a serious role? Yeah. Oh, man, that might be awesome. You know, just bringing that up, I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. You could have him playing, like, an agent, like, you know, or, like, maybe even, like, a mob person. He he, he could be scary, I, I, you know, in a he, certain he's way. Still, he's still playing a Jew. He plays the guy <laughs> who does the books for the mob. Yeah. And everyone else in that particular syndicate, like, that part of the family, has all been gunned down. <laughs> now he's on the run. You ever watch uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah. There's a there's a uh, storyline where Larry's in a, in a Scorsese movie. Yeah. yeah. And with the, with the wig, yeah. he looked a little, I was like, oh, wow. He looks such so much like a different person, first of all. It was completely different. That reminds me, have you seen Ben Galantner with a beard? No. What? When or, did you see him last? Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday, yeah. What? He's grown out a beard of... A little bit longer than the uh, short one that I have. You now it's basically scruff. A little bit longer than that. Looks like a completely he. 
He went from being oh like, oh my God, the guy we know who's just like, hey, he looks kind of zany to being like, I get why he's a psychiatrist. <laughs> like he, he looks like some guy you go like, this man is very respected in the community. You need to listen to him. His important yeah. opinions. He's totally not going to say uh, something horrifically offensive. He won't say any slurs. This he's guy. not going to say not cunt. Say any slurs. He's not going to say cunt one time. <laughs> I can't wait to see. See, he's now now he's adopting my philosophy. Where if you're going to be a comedian, you have to change your look constantly. You know, like I might adopt the suit and tie look because I've thought about doing that. I'm wearing a suit and tie to work every day. Yeah. So like I'm now going to open mics straight from work. Yeah. So like I have to go to mics in, in a jacket and tie. So like I might use it. A couple other comedians were like, dude, you might actually get something from this. Yeah. Because because like, you know, no one else is doing it. And I, I was know like, one other guy. I have to take that I'm advice. I'm not going to mention his name here. He is very unfunny. Very nice guy. Very <laughs> unfunny. Uh, let's pause this for one second. I need to uh, go to the bathroom. Oh, uh, word. But we'll, we'll keep recording. Keep I might going. Go after you, yeah. Keep going. Okay, we'll keep recording. Yes. Yeah. But we're going to take a edit break. Oh, I'm back, guys. Uh, just to just keep you informed. Uh, yeah, I I went went to go take a leak. I am a couple beers deep, uh, a quart of water, a little bit of Coke Zero, and uh, God, that it, it started like a uh, babbling brook and quickly turned into the mighty Euphrates River. This is this is the crater of civilization that I just made. Like, uh, like Mesopotamia was found on that kind of stream. Jesus, I feel like a different person. At least part of me feels like a different person. Jesus Christ. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedy. Comedy. Here, here comes, uh, my delightful, my delightful guest is back. Yes. Anyways, you're I saying- love your shower curtain. <laughs> Map of the world. What was I saying? I don't know. You were talking about doing the suit and tie, finding your... Yes. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm such a contrarian. And, like, no one else is going to do this. Like, like the, the whole trajectory of, like, even people and style. Yeah. Like, people are going to job... Like, Wall Street bros are going to work in jeans and sweater vests. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, I really think I can... Use it, and I might be able to exploit some old people into liking me because they'll be like, "Look, he wears a suit. He's but he's young, but he wears a suit. It's yeah. crazy, you know. Like, just that might be a nice gimmick to get people in. It's been weird for me over the last, uh, like, basically since I got back from COVID. Mm. Like, I, I've noticed on stage, like, 
I've definitely had a different, not an entirely different style, but it's becoming much more like me, but on stage, like uh, my bits are more like the fast pace, like the the way I talk when I when I'm excited about something, <laughs> eccentric about this or that, and like the way we talk right here, yeah, the dumb shit, like uh, <laughs> telling about the anxiety bit that I'm doing, and it's just me going off on this tangent, and I managed to swirl <laughs> in some other jokes in between, and it's just like I do this, I do that, and it's been working really well because just like I, it's it's a high energy, low person. Yeah, like I the bit is like very upbeat. It's rhythmically there, like there there's a snap and a sizzle to it, versus just me telling like joke punchline joke. Yeah, like. Um, I feel like you naturally get a better rhythm and a more yourself rhythm. Like everyone always says that like when you start out in comedy, you're mostly imitating like your influences, yeah. influencer or, you know, the people who influence you. But, you know, the more you do it, if you keep doing it and you dedicate yourself like with open mics and with getting on these bar shows and all that, like, you know, you find your own voice, you know, and it's not even like you're thinking about it. You're like, okay, when I go up this time, it's really going to be me. You know, I'm not just going to do my Adam Sandler impression. Like, you know, uh, it, it just happens naturally because, like, you're not as nervous on stage, I guess. You I know, like, uh, I, I, I had a couple of weird compliments <laughs> from people who liked what I was doing. They said, like, I've never seen someone do the kind of material the way you do it. Yeah. And it's just like they just like when I mentioned like yeah my favorite guys are like Marin Louie, uh, Carlin mm. and it's just like the Louie and the Marin I'm definitely getting the Carlin with like some of the social shit and it's just like I I realized that it's like oh yeah that heavily influenced me much more than I ever thought yeah and like um oh man what was I gonna freaking say i don't know but um like yeah your comedic voice like like i i remember i was at an open mic and um i was doing well in the beginning and like i feel like it was mostly because like i i wasn't even you know like the material wasn't fantastic or anything there was maybe four five six of us yeah. comics and then there were these two audience members and these two girls and they were really very good like participatory they were laughing they were great like so I feel like I was doing well in the beginning, and then I was like, I want to know, like, how I come across, you know, like, how I sound, you know, like, I, I just, you know, I don't know, we're on an open mic, I figure I'll, I'll ask you people, like, you know, like, what do I sound like, you know, like, 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 what does my accent sound like to you, or whatever, and the girl's just like, I, you know, you sound New York-y, you know, you're like, from New York, and I was yeah. like, oh, okay. I was like, I I don't really think about that. Like when I hear my own voice, but it's good to hear how you come across. And then she came up to you're talking about weird compliments. She came up to me after, and she was like, yeah, you know, I was meaning to say, but you know, I didn't want to be too long winded in there. But like, you sound New Yorky, like you know, you sound like one of those guys like who sell watches on the street. I can definitely see <laughs> and that. I was now. like. What I was uh, like, I, I, my okay. go to one. So many people have told me is, uh, you know, you sound like Seth MacFarlane. Oh and yeah, it's wow. just, oh yes, oh man, wow, yeah. And 
It's just like, didn't go for that. Not go, but I sound like Brian fucking Griffin. You, wow, you know, yeah, that's my, my natural speaking voice is just Brian Griffin. I never, you see, even your friends will will lose how they how you come across. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so on the nose. Holy shit. You, you know, you even have a little bit of his face because, you know, he has, like, squintier eyes. But, like, you know, like... There we go. That's, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's... You do have that very deep voice, yeah. Yeah. Do you do voices at all or impressions? Uh, I, I've done them in the past. Like, I, I can literally do every voice from Family Guy. Oh, really? I can kind of do Peter I Griffin. Are so awfully different. <laughs> I, I can do every fucking song from the show. Peter. Peter Griffin. That's what I, that's. <laughs> Lois, you're an idiot. <laughs> Lois, you're an idiot. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, nah, it's just, I, I, I think, well, my dad, uh, my dad has one of those like authoritative voices. Not like oh. he's telling you what to do, but like if he tells you about a subject, <laughs> He knows what he's talking about. He's one of those guys who's like, "Really? Yes." <laughs> well, try watching a movie with him when the, any firearm is used. It's like, "Well, that wasn't produced until 1936, and this movie wow. takes place prior to World War One." <laughs> so uh, I don't see why they would even include that. It is British? They don't have guns there, so they wouldn't really even know about it. But <laughs> does Does your dad have a Texas twang? My dad's from New York. Oh, okay. So because born in Manhattan, and you he was, don't uh, have it. You, yeah, I know. You're, you sound like Seth MacFarlane. That's weird. It's so. Well, funny, my man. mom's from Texas. My dad's yeah. from New York. And, wow. Uh, <laughs> Does she I, have a I, Texas twang? When she gets angry. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Because yeah, my girlfriend's from Queens, and she has like a heavy Queens accent. Yeah, but it becomes like crazy when, when she's angry like it gets super quick like leah remini from king of queens you know honestly if i get really angry you know like when you talk to yourself when you're like really <laughs> mad but you have to hold it back yes i go straight from like kind of eastern to being like oh this kid was raised in the fucking ghetto <laughs> it's yeah. weird because like i've had people mention that to me and it's just like and it's just me going like, motherfucker, I'm going to I'm gonna stab this motherfucker in the fucking shin. I'm going to stab him in the shin, and this motherfucker ain't going to be a walk. And it's just me talking like that to myself. Me talking to myself like that, I'm like a crybaby. I'm like, you fucking bitch, you yeah. suck. Yeah, I, for me, it's just straight. It's straight like, oh, I'm going to stab the bitch. <laughs> there was no, there is like no median between like, oh, he, he, he sounds like the average white guy to... Oh, Eminem. <laughs> you jump right to violence. You see, yeah. I I uh I have to build it up. And but I get there where I'm like I'm like, you know, road rage is a is a bitch, you know. If I if yeah. I ever make it, God, I just want to have a driver. Like I I I'll I don't even want to be that rich just to have someone drive me so I'd never have to drive again. Yeah. That'd be awesome. You know, like I heard SNL writers and like and cast members obviously, like they have a shuttle where we're like not a shuttle, a car service where like you can be like, oh, hey, I'm in uh, the city in the Lower East Side. Can you drive me back home to Long Island? And they'll just yeah. do it. Like they'll, they'll send the damn Suburban and freaking pick you up. And I'm like, that's the dream right there. <laughs> that's the dream being picked up. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, my God. I would be so polite to the drivers. I would say, oh, my God, uh, I'd pay him, you know, at, yeah. at least a little bit, you know. 
Because that would be an expensive Uber, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What I mean, else we got? I don't know. Jeez. I mean, just talking about the comedic voice thing for a second, like, it was, uh, for me, it was coming out of uh, one of the Mayhem shows doing that, and uh, it was because of something you said to me. It's like, <laughs> look like you have a calm, cool demeanor. Mm-hmm. And it's just me dressed very comfortably outside of this thing. It's like, yeah, this is not calm and cool. This is a facade. That's this, There are bats screaming in my skull. And then it's just immediately, at, I got a good laugh. And you just, said the same thing to me after your Gotham set. Yeah, that's the thing. Where that, I came outside and I was like, oh, you know, you don't, you look good. You, you know? Like, yeah, and that, that's the thing. It's just like, no, no, this is a facade. And you were like, I don't know, man. I'm actually pretty upset that that joke in the middle didn't work. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you brought it back, though. Like, yeah, see, that, I still, I that's still the thing. Can, It's like. No, I just know how to put this on. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, I don't need it. This is just, this is just fucking off. This is. That is so funny. But um, no matter how well I, it's the only reason why I've been able to keep on driving at things is because no matter what I think, it's like, you're a fucking piece of shit, you piece of garbage. You need to work harder at this. Did you, uh, did you get any feedback from the Gotham? Uh, I got feedback from uh, Kirsten. Oh, really? You know, that was going to be my second question. Did you talk to her after the show? Uh, she she liked my shit. Yeah. So. Oh, that's awesome. You see, that's... Well, you know how she was shitting on the audience? Yes, yes. Apparently that was in a large part because of me. Oh, because you yeah, your the, joke... What, did you hear the one laugh in the background? Yeah. That was her. Oh, That was what? her and... Uh, I forget the name of the lady that... Sarah Highland. Sarah Highland. Yes, yeah. I... They, they liked my stuff. And... That, That's so great. The thing is, that means more to me exactly, than the rest yes, of it. And you got like, your tape. Oh, the, big, the people who are like, I I respect and admire yeah, here. Yes. And you know what's so funny at that show? She came out and instantly called out the audience, said, you all suck. Why did you come out to this? Why didn't you go bowling? Why, well, so why many did you, of them hated why? so many of the comics. Exactly. Yeah. Some of them were really good. Yes, yes. And... and you know, yeah, like a bunch of people didn't do as well as I thought. Like people who I've heard of yeah. didn't do as, and it's it was a lot of the audience. She called out the audience, and they were kind of like, "Ah, uh. yeah." Then she proceeded to level the room. Like, yeah. oh, she she killed well, the thing that I love. There was this table right in front. Who yes, only laughed at their one friend's jokes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was trying to make them laugh so hard. That's so jarring. That you one know? fucking table like, right in front. Like, but she came up and killed to the point where, like, I was sitting there looking at denim and I was like, I might quit. I like, like, <laughs> like damn, like I'll never got, do that like, good. I got a stitch in my side from laughing at that. Oh shit. my god, yeah. And see, even the oh man, the surprise Gaffigan drop in, drop in well, that was so you, awesome. You know what got me? Uh, out of all the comics who were there with me mm-hmm. on that fucking bringer. I was the only person laughing at the other comics there. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you don't enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, one guy, I so everyone there besides me has been doing this for at least a decade. Yeah. Oh, really? I, wow. Yeah, oh, it was shit. fucking insane. Hmm. Wow. I don't understand. Oof. Like, you guys genuinely seem to hate this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know... Yeah, yeah. I guess they waited too long to to, oh. to, to do it or, or something. I don't know. You know, oh, who like, knows? Uh, I had Kyle Gillis on here, right? You yeah. met him? 
No, I've heard of him though. Definitely. He's, he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's been doing this for about 10, 12 years on yeah. and off. And the thing is, is that he still loves doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, that's that's awesome. I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I hate the idea of you're doing this, you're doing this, and like, I'm like the last couple of weeks because I was working on all the writing shit wasn't going out as much, but yeah. it's like this last week I've been out to about 10 or 11 open mics from like Sunday to now. Wow. Right? Wow. And, I mean, <laughs> like good. today's probably going to be Saturday. Yeah. Wow. I didn't go out yesterday either because I just needed a break from everything. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so I've been up that many times in about four days. Mm. And wow. the thing is, is that I don't just enjoy what I'm, I like watching the other people. I enjoy all the aspects. Why? I get the sunken cost kind of idea behind it, but also you don't have to, no one, no one is asking you to do this. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and going out and doing it, I, like you have to enjoy it because like I, um, yeah, like I, I went to a mic where who was hosting? Ivan was hosting. Yeah, I w- at, I was supposed to go to that one yesterday and not yesterday, two days ago. Yeah, that was two and days ago. So yeah. was uh, yeah, I ended up uh, going to Black Cat and said, oh, "Okay, yeah, um, I was there, and you know, like I didn't want to go fully, yeah. but like I I had a show coming. I have like a you know small show coming up, so I was like, I gotta get up and do like I had not gone up in a while." And then, like, came back to this for the first mic in a couple yeah. of days and was like, God damn, this is so good. Like, and even, like, the comics as a crowd were not that great. Um, I found out some shit about Ivan. <laughs> like, I don't even, you know, I don't even know if I should say it on a podcast. We'll find out about it afterwards. Yeah, it's, it's very, me. very tragic stuff. Uh, you know, life just sometimes takes a shit on people. And, you know, this poor guy got leveled by now. But... You know, I don't know. I felt like I, I, it was so constructive for me because, like, I came off right off the bat just bombing horribly. And I was like, God damn. Let me ask you. God if you, damn. If you put more weight behind a thing, do you do better or worse? Like, like if I'm build, like, like if I'm like, I have to kill well, here. Well, like the uh, Gotham show, I had that thought in my head and I didn't do nearly as well as any other show I've done where it's just like, it's a fucking bar show. Um, I don't know. Ugh, I get nervous for like everything. For like, I get nervous to go to open mics and like so like when I've done the stand up New York shows, yeah, they went pretty well, and I was very nervous and freaking. And I was like, I have to do well. I need to impress these bookers. Like I, they need to see me and know I'm good. Um, but yeah, anytime I've, I put any kind of weight behind it, it doesn't go well. I I feel like I'm always so nervous for almost every like like see the. The shows that I'm doing with uh, UG Comedy, UG Comedy, at UG Comedy on Instagram, people. Follow Check me. It out, man. Follow it. Todd Montesi and Chris Wagner, they're the uh, the producers of that. And, like, I'm doing that show, and it's literally like a restaurant basement show. Yeah. And, like, you know, those shows can really go so up and down. Like, I, I get so nervous to do them. They're such a small show. Like, there's usually, like, maybe eight comics and yeah. we're all in the audience. And then hopefully we get 
five to ten audience members. You know, for a total of twenty people. Usually. Come out to Mayhem Comedy, people. Yeah, yeah. Please. Anyway, same. Yeah, see, same type of thing. <laughs> where like you're doing it in a restaurant, and like God bless Brooklyn Music Kitchen for letting us continue. You're, to do you're, that. you know, you're hoping like, yeah. man, if thirty people came, this would be the greatest show of my life. Yeah, you know, like. And you put that on yourself like, oh, I have to kill. And it's gone right for me and it's gone very bad for me. Where like sometimes I get so nervous I get like dry mouth. And like you can hear it so well on the yeah. mic. Someone having dry mouth, something like that. So like nervousness comes. Anyways, I was Yeah, saying, exactly. And like doing some ASMR shit for the audience. I they feel did not like, ask for that. I feel like nervousness comes across yeah. so like people can smell it on you. You know, well, like you you need to have a an air of confidence unless that's your voice. You so know? I had I had a weird thing where it looked like I was nervous the other night at Black Cat. <laughs> uh, so the other day, uh, gotten a ton of water in my shoes. <laughs> right right now, I have my like four toes taped up on each foot because I got blisters on from the amount of friction caused oh, by the that water. Stinks. It fucking. It's fucking awful considering I work on my feet. But yeah. like I was standing up like on Thursday I had walked something like twelve miles by that point in the day. Just standing on my feet, my legs are shaking. Oh man. Damn. And it's just like I'm not nervous. I, I am <laughs> I'm in a tremendous amount of pain being in my front feet of you. Hurt. People. Like uh. I think that's part of the reason why I took yesterday off, just because it's like if I walk anywhere today, <laughs> I will want to die. Oh, man, that's so crazy. Like, I got groceries delivered to me. I <laughs> felt like such a piece of shit doing that. Uh, who was the host of that? Uh, the Black Sonia. Cat? Sonia. Yo. Sonia, very Eastern European last yes. name. Yes, yo. She is... Shravana Hanna she is awesome. yeah, she's, she's, a ball, she's a ball buster, though. She'll be like, if you bomb, she'll be like, well, that was very bad. Yeah. <laughs> Like Sarah Suzuki Harvard went up and she's fucking good. Like she is funny. I've still never seen her do an actual set. Oh, really? (laughs) I've just seen her. She's off the cuff, you know, right? No, it's always just like, I'm Sarah. Ah, and and it's never like a, it's never like a real set. It's just like, I'm going like, you guys know I do like, Oh shit. And, that is so it, fucking funny. That's awesome. And it's just like, the first time I saw it, it was really funny, but then I saw her do it like a dozen more times. <laughs> and it's just like, everyone says you're like fucking hilarious. And she I, is. And that's I the thing. Know. I really, really want to see her do like yeah. a normal, normal set. Yeah. Some people, I don't know. And she was on one that's of my shows, style. but I was, yeah. I was... It's like the first show we did, and I was just so nervous about everything going right. I'm just going back and forth. I have no idea what she did. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Oh, well, you know, some people, I don't know, they have a different energy, a different type of thing. But, yeah, she went up, and I think she tried for, like, a serious joke about rape, I think, and it oh, did not yeah. go well. Oh, she tried that at Black Cat the other day. Okay, and and it, Sonya slammed her ass for that. I was like, damn, yo. I was like, oh, my God, chill. But, yeah. She tried for it and gave up on it. Black Cat, when do you, you know, this is a weird question to ask on a podcast, but when does the sign-up start? I feel like uh, it's so popular. Sunday night or Monday morning, usually yeah. Monday morning. Uh, if you get on there uh, 9 o'clock or later, you can't get on there. Exactly. It fills up incredibly fast. Well, I mean... 
because depending on Bargatze was on there. And depending shit. on when we finish this, I may try to hop on to the nine o'clock one because the nine o'clock Ooh. ones recently have been pretty fucking dead. Well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, it's so popular. And um, here's the thing. Here's another question. Weird to be on a podcast, but I'll I'll ask it. Uh, Joey Rose's next door, like. Have they closed permanently? Or? No, no, no. They okay. just closed Monday and Tuesday. Okay, okay. Uh, I think one of the old bartenders from uh, from Eastville works there now. What? Yes, yeah. What? Yeah. No. I, I saw way. It Thursday. No way. No way. With it, the makeup and the goth. Look? Yeah, yeah. What? She went from blue to pink hair. Like it's a whole thing. Oh snap! Yeah. Yo. I was so excited to see her. Oh like, yo, dude, dude! I was dude. so bummed down when she got fired. Did yo? Do you do you even know that that day? Like the story of that day? I well, you weren't to- there. I'm pretty no, sure you weren't there. I was told about it. Oh my god, it was so awesome. Um, I remember I came in for the fucking six o'clock open mic, and. I walk in there, and every bottle that is behind the bar or yeah. on the big fridge that's behind the bar is on is on like the you know the the whatever you call it the the, bar. the front bar yeah, yeah you know like she took all the glasses uh, all the bottles down and you know put them on the bar and I was like what is going on here what are you guys cleaning spring cleaning or something and she's like no uh, some freaking remote fell behind the refrigerator. And, you know, my boss is telling me I have to go get it. I keep trying to move the refrigerator. I can't. And it's, it's fucking hopeless. And she was, like, incredibly flustered. She was yeah. like, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. I just moved all these bottles. I can't move this refrigerator. And I was like, let me try and help you. I try and go around to move the refrigerator. Yeah. I couldn't move. Like, it felt, it felt like the stickiness of the floor. Like, someone had yeah. spilled liquor on the floor and didn't mop it right. Yeah. So, like, it stuck. The refrigerator. I was like, I couldn't possibly move this. I was like, this this is impossible to move. I bet even a strong guy couldn't, you know, move this. Like it'd be impossible. And then Denim just casually. No, no, it, it wasn't Denim. It was Riyad. Riyad was like the next person in. Yeah. Riyad Carroll came in, and he was like, and and he just looked at it and was like, get out of my way. He's like, I can move it. I was like, I don't know, man. It's like really fucking. It's stuck. And then he he moved it like it was like instant. It was like, yeah. it, was like it was like a, a sitcom. He was just like because i don't know he's a truck driver so he has like man strength unlike me you know like i'm a total oh yeah see you could have moved it because you're out, you're out here working out but like riad <laughs> he moves the thing and she was like oh my god holy shit dude like thank you for uh <laughs> thank you for moving that that was amazing you know i'm all fucking like she was fucked up you know like because yeah. She was all flustered, and apparently, after that, and after we all went up, and she t- put took all the bottles, put them back. Yeah, she drank apparently a lot. Yeah, and that's what I heard. She got fucked up and and just threw up, and they fired her. And I was like, "What? What is this? You know, like, yeah, she's a bartender. You know, bartenders sometimes get drunk. You know, what is this zero tolerance? Like, can't she have like a three strike thing? Because I really like her, and yeah. I didn't want her to get fired, but." I don't know. I may I may never go back to Eastville. It's like too out of the way at this point, you know. It's yeah. weird. But I go there because uh, it's completely in my way. Especially yeah. like I really only go there uh, Sundays at this point. But I'll hit up like three mics 
two or three mics in a day there. Yeah, see, I'll probably hit up there on a Sunday from now on, maybe a late night Tuesday, because Joe Gorman has a mic there yeah. on late night Tuesday, which I, he is so fucking good, you know, like, yeah, he is, he's more known for the podcasting, but he's really a great stand-up. Is that even still going on? I don't think he's doing the Loud Boys anymore, but. I know I, Dalton's been, like, pretty, <laughs> Dalton, pretty messed up lately. It's been weird, because, like, he was, like, at one point. He had a mental breakdown. He went to a mental hospital. He got out. But then he got out, and he was kind of, like, posting crazy stuff on Twitter. He still is. Yeah. But, but you see, I saw a a thing a couple days ago where he was like, I'm so sorry, everyone. I was going through some crazy stuff. That's why I was saying crazy stuff. I shouldn't be doing that. Like, I'm coming to a realization now, and, you know, I'm working to get better. I'm sorry to everyone. And I was like, okay, he's going to, you know, be, you know, more himself, but... And it kind of went back. Yeah. He tweeted something like, the ACLU admits that the government spies on you. And it's like, you know, he, he was like, oh, that's fucked up. I wish I didn't. All of us talk about lithium and batteries. Lithium comes from the yeah. ground, man. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Open mics. I fucking, they're, you know, like. Uh, the people who hate them, like you were saying before, it's so weird, you know. Well, the thing is, is they, that you gain so much from them, you know. Well, like you learn what to do, what not to do. It, if you don't like the thing you're doing, and you, there is absolutely no obligation to do it. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to do it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Uh, I wish I enjoyed bombing more. You know, like, I, I bomb and I beat myself up. But there are people who bomb and, like, they, they're they like, that was awesome. <laughs> like, like that was great. You know, they were, that audience, they were so stupid, you know, like, and they can, you know, not, like, you know, that that's when I think you're most comfortable on stage, when you're, like, learning from your bombs and you're not like, what? I suck, I stink, you know. Well, like, one of the things that I think is funny for me now more than anything else is like, ah, yeah, like everyone will talk about uh, bombing, how it's shit audience, anything like that, <laughs> and it's like I will try to almost be there with them where it's just like, yeah, man, uh, <laughs> that stuff didn't go as well as I expected, <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, man, like that material you did, like I've seen you do so much better, and it's just like. Man, that, that <laughs> fucking killed. We were yeah. in the same room. Yep. And it's yeah. Like, and it's often with the comics who bomb the most. Yeah, some of them, you know, you know who bombed a lot? Fucking Norm. Norm has bombed a lot. Like, there like there are stories of you how You hear about his bombed. funeral? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you he's know. one foot in the grave the whole time. Because, yeah, you know, he has that style. Yeah. It's just not for everyone. Like, when he pops up randomly in a club night yeah. where he's following Joe Rogan or something, you know, it's just, you know, like, he, he but he's a, he was a, such a genius fucking yeah. joke writer. And, you know, he, like, he knew, I think, that it's a part of it. Like, you know, like, you might be bombing for the stupid audience, but the other comics probably love you for this. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> that's one of those things. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. weird. Like, uh, I've 
when you get certain people to laugh at the things you say, it matters so much more than some of the other people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like, do you ever get, like, see, in Phantom Thread, there was kind of like, there's a very cycleistic routine, you know, uh, element to it where, you know, he gets a dress ordered for, like, you know, to do a, a line of dresses like that fashion so, show scene, or he has to make a dress for a duchess or a countess or something, and then he makes the dress, he presents the dress, he he shows the woman in it, and she walks with it, and then after he's done, he goes through this, like, depressive period where he's in bed, he's, like, bedridden, if, just mostly through his depression. Like, I feel like as a comic, I get that, like, like if you're – charging up for a bringer show or one of your just like mayhem shows like do you ever get that like that like after it's over you're like fuck man damn all right now the mayhem ones now like, not so much yeah but like for me if i do really spectacularly well and if i don't do just as well the next time i step on stage <laughs> i fucking hate it yeah you know like there are times where, like, I'll do really well, and I'll be like, ah, you know, like, like, I'll, like, like, I'll, in the moment and right after and just hours yeah. after, you're super charged up and happy. But you kind of wake up the next day and you're like, I have to All do right, that again. Yes, like, can I rock that as hard as I rock? Like, was that a fluke? Was that because I followed someone great? Like, I, last night I had a spot where, like, I had no idea I was gonna do it. Like, I was gonna take the night off because it was Friday and I was just like, whatever, and then. Uh, my friend Todd called me and was like, hey, can you fill this spot? And I did it, and it went fucking awesome. Like, it blew my mind. I was like, holy shit, what a great night. But Like, the other day, know, I, I did Greenwich Village Comedy Club. Oh. Uh, I wow. did. I did five minutes that fucking bombed what? so hard. No. Like, <laughs> but then I, I did it again. Mm-hmm. Did a different set, entirely different five minutes. Murdered. Oh, man, that's awesome. And <laughs> it was just like, one of the bits was material that I've been really working on. Yeah. Stuff that I wrote out. I had this whole idea. I I knew the bit backwards and forwards. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. But then I did my other bit, and it was just like, Okay, this this is the part that works. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, I feel like the more I write something out, the better it will go 99% of the time. Like, in the moment stuff that I think of while I'm watching other comics, and I'll be yeah. like, oh, I'll do a riff off that last joke. That works so little. And I feel like the only way we're going to get better at it is by keep doing it and well, failing and failing until we, like, are comfortable. Because, like, the in-the-moment stuff and the riffing I suck at, like... So stupid, you know? It's crazy. I mean, I, for me, if I write something out, it will be some of my best material. Yeah. Just the first 20 times I do it, it will be terrible. That's the thing. Sometimes I'll do something for the first time and at an open mic, and it will just, like, I'll give up completely. Because I was like, the first time I did it, it didn't work. That's in the trash forever, you know? And, like... I don't know. Maybe I should go back and try it. You know, like maybe one of the weirder, cornier jokes I have might work. I don't well, know. Like uh, I did this show recently where uh, I just did like 
the material I did my first time. Huh. Which, wow. like, my opening joke was, uh, <laughs> so I'm half Catholic, half Jewish, and I always feel guilty, but I'm never sure why. <laughs> and it's just something that I thought was silly, and turns out, like, Still works. It does. Got me that same laugh that I got the first time I went on stage. And she's like, I can do a whole riff about my family. And it's like, that's great. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I I don't know. I want to be better in the moment. I feel like that's like like the last step. You know, that will, I could just be so much more, like, I'll be so comfortable on stage, I won't get stage fright anymore if I could just, like, in the moment, be funny. Because it's so hard for me. I I just need to figure out how not to be mean in the moment when I do that. Yes. Because I can riff on anyone and be a jackass. Like, uh, (laughs) going back to Black Cat the other day, uh, uh, Mario Paisano walked in, and every time that I see him and it's cold outside, he's dressed in, like, a black pea coat, a black hat, and that's the thing. I had no idea he was up. jacked, you know, because well, he was wearing that pea yeah. coat last time I well, saw him. Well, the thing is, is that every time I see him, it's like he's dressed like Joe Pesci, <laughs> Home Alone, and it's just, <laughs> Yo, I went that's... on a quick riff on that, and the first Yo. thing I hear him say is, "Yo, what the fuck?" Yo, that's so spot on. You have that, all, all listeners Google this guy or uh, look up this guy on freaking Instagram. Joe Pesci, wet bandit. <laughs> yeah, first look up Home Alone. Uh, Paisano, holy shit. But yeah, he was dressed like that. Or like uh, there was this one comic who that's so kept on funny. saying, that's not working, but I'm going to keep going. And it's just like, that was his, I just riffed on that. Or so the single best laugh I ever got is right it was like a day or two after cosby got out of jail and it's just like yeah i get that he's free he didn't have to wear the sweater and then it's just the wow. rest of the set was ruined wow <laughs> that was like a year ago damn that was what he got out of prison a damn it wasn't year? a year ago it was wow less, i haven't been back doing comedy for a year yet wow it was april wow man that's so crazy yeah i've been Man, ugh, I got to get out of here soon. But I will say, got to watch fucking as good as it gets. It's on Netflix, and it is, it's fucking funny. It's a funny-ass movie, I'll tell you that. It's at least that, you know. Yeah. It's And it's very dated funny, where it's like, holy, it's, it's, it's very 90s funny, in that they call a lot of things gay. Yeah. That was a perfectly acceptable thing to be like, you're gay, you know. Like, That's gay. So, you know, Jack Nicholson... Holy shit. To, like, of all the things to win Best Actor for, you yeah. know, like, like you're going to watch it and be like, holy shit, these people are really on coke, you know, yeah. like on some shit. Well, let, let's call this. All right, I call it. All Good right. Night. I love you. <laughs> uh, thanks for giving that a listen, guys. Uh, yeah, it was a fun time talking with Tom, as always, and we got some more podcasts coming to you, hopefully released on time, and hopefully I am not as exhausted as I am today. All right. You guys have a good one.